are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is out on assignment. He's catching a monster. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back to other fun movie topics. This is episode 365, 365, meaning yes, we now have an episode for every day of the year. <laughs> Not including the several hundred episodes of bonuses, but you know, regardless, if you want just the main episodes, there's one a year for you. One for every day of year. And this week, in honor of our, our, our year's worth of podcast episodes, we're talking Godzilla, colon, King of the Monsters. And joining me to discuss Godzilla, King of the Monsters, we have from Cult Cinema Cavalcade in the in Why So Blue, he slid on his tail to be here. It's Brandon Peters. Hello, how are you doing? I wanted to use my Bradley Whitford joke again, but I'm not going to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> also joining us from Old Magic Gaming, the HHWOD Podcast Network, and the Nothing's On Podcast, back from his tour of Monster Island, it's Mr. Jim Dietz. Let them fight. <laughs> And lastly, from sunny Los Angeles, which is currently home of Hedorah, a.k.a. the Smog Monster, it's Peter Paris. Oh, I actually, I kind of like Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. Uh, hello, how you all doing? Good. How are you guys doing this evening? Terrific. Good, yeah. Radioactive. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm considering if I'm going to watch the Dead movie, Deadwood movie after we finish this podcast, because I haven't seen it yet. I heard it's really oh, great. No, we'll get oh, that stay, tuned. Yeah. stay tuned. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll find out. At the end of the episode, we'll watch the Deadwood episode. Jim saying he feels radioactive just makes me realize that they Godzilla somehow narrowly avoided using radioactive from Imagine Dragons as a theme song for the ad campaign of this film. Somebody <laughs> mentioned that, that they should have used that. It's just like, surprising they did it, given that Imagine Dragons is used for every other movie trailer. That's <laughs> true. But regardless, we don't need to keep talking about that. We can just move on and into our show. Let's get to some show notes. Uh, first up, we ha- we're doing we're talking about Godzilla today. I've put out a lot of Godzilla content in general over the past couple weeks, but one of our most important ones was our Godzilla commentary track with you, Brandon, and friend of the show, Yancey Burns, was on with us to talk all about. We talked all about the original 1954 Godzilla. That's up on iTunes now. That was a lot of fun. And that brings us to this month. It's now June, and we have a new commentary track plan. It is for Alien, the original 1979 Alien. Uh, oh. So, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. I have a feeling that some of the people on this podcast are going to be on that podcast. <laughs> so, um, yeah, stay tuned for that one. That should come up at some time soon. In case you're wondering, it's because it's the 40th? 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. 40th anniversary 40th. Yeah. <laughs> of Alien. So, uh, it's in 79, so it's like right on the verge of like, is it 80? Is it 70? So that means it's 40th, not 50th or 60th or 30th? Okay, good. I got it. I'm under control. All right. What else? Summer Gamble. Peter, Brandon, you're both a part of the Summer Gamble this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Godzilla entered into the fray this weekend. I believe all of us have Godzilla somewhere in our top tens. Um, it snagged a good $49 million this weekend, which is a little below expectation. And we'll see where that ends up. Uh, Rocket Man also opened. We'll probably talk about that a little bit in a second. That mm-hmm. opened to $25 million, which I know a number of us have at least as a dark horse. And so, yeah. I, it was in my 10, I believe. All like right. the, It might have been number 10. Right, well, we'll see where it legs out to. But yeah, there's a little update on the summer box office. Ma also opened this weekend. We'll get to that as well. But 18.2 for R-rated horror film. Pretty good. That Bloomhouse brand, it's strong. And uh, yeah, all right. Uh, what else here? I think that's everything except for iTunes, of course, where you can find all of our shows. iTunes, you can give us also reviews and ratings if you search out now. Fair and about iTunes throw in a star rating that'd be great if you throw in some written words that'd be great too nice to get be nice to get some reviews uh itunes again 
just kind of pop us up, helps pop us up in the old charts, gets our awareness out there for this very fun show we like doing. And which reminds me, fun things, contest. We haven't done a contest in a while, and I like doing contests because I have too much free stuff here that just sits around, and I'd rather just get rid of it. Uh, but this one's pretty cool. I have a copy of Destroy All Monsters on Blu-ray. I have many other Blu-rays as well, but particularly that one, which I'll just bundle in with like probably some other stuff. I want listeners to send us an email or a message on Facebook or on Twitter, facebook.com slash notpodcast, twitter.com slash underscore podcast, or email at notpodcast.gmail.com. Tell us your favorite Whoa. Godzilla villain and why. Uh, if you can send us a message as to who your favorite Godzilla villain is or adversary, however you want to phrase it, and why, uh, that'd be great. We will pick a winner randomly from the pool of entries that we get, and I will send you a copy of Destroy All Monsters, one of the best, if not the best, Godzilla movie. Uh, certainly one from the, the from the 70s, 60s, 68. Um, it's a really solid really film, but I'll send you that and uh, you know, a bundle of other stuff. Uh, so yeah, contest. Starting that you know, now, when you start listening to this, if I don't post on Facebook already and make people aware that this is happening. So yeah, contest. Destroy All Monsters. Favorite Godzilla movie, and why? So it's a contest. Yep, that's what it is. <laughs> for, for a Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Person, person will win. A person Someone will win. win. A person, I, I will specify, a person in the United States or Canada, because shipping costs are very expensive. Sorry, Jay, and other international listeners. But, um, yeah. Peter Aaron, when, when did Godzilla come out? 54. So is Godzilla the longest-running series in movies? Yes, it is the longest ongoing franchise. Yeah, because that's older than James Bond, then. Yeah, that's like 65 years old. How many Godzilla movies are there? There are 35, including the three animated uh, anime films that are uh, streaming on Netflix. And so uh, and so those are all related to Toho in some way. They all have the brand. Yes. Uh, the If you count the, the Emmerich one um, and these two legendary films, which do have Toho involved, they're just not direct producers, but they certainly, like, they, they didn't just give us, they didn't just give America Godzilla. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Have you seen them all? I have seen them all. I'm still trying to revisit all of them. I, I, I did, as I said, I did write a number of Godzilla posts, including rankings of two of the eras. There are specific eras of Godzilla. Uh, but there is the Showa era, which is the longest and most popular. That's all the 60s, 70s films. I plan to watch, rewatch all of those before Godzilla vs. Kong comes out next year so I can have another ranking to kind of go over those films as well. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's quite a lot of them. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> it's uh, it's fun to catch up with. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and uh, all right, let's. I think there's everything for show notes. But let's so let's move on. Let's get to some know everybody. Each week we talk to bleh, each week we ask each other a question or two. Try to set the tone for the podcast. I better get to know everybody. And uh, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw this question out there. Uh, I just want you to respond with the with the with the first thing that comes to mind when I say this. Here we go. The real Godzilla was all the friends we made along the way <laughs> a man in a suit investigated by matthew broderick <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you for that that's that's what i needed and uh, yeah that's that's a quick round of no everybody let's move on now let's get to i feel like we have a lot of these so let's do some at now quickies tm which is where we have one maybe with the week that we go over we quickies yeah. Okay. What? I know. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. Brandon, I'm going to start with you. What other movies have you seen recently that you want to go over here? Uh, I want to go over, or um, <laughs> what other movies you got? Watch. Uh, I mean, I had to review one this week for a, a movie called "I'll Take Your Dead," and um, 
It is interesting. Uh, it's Shout Studios. So they now have their own films now. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, about a guy who is li- he lives out like in the boonies, and people you know bring like mobsters and stuff bring their bodies to him to dispose of, pretty much. And he's got this little daughter who like sees dead people, kind of thing. So this is a, you said the Shout Studio. So it's a, a modern movie. Yes, modern. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, it sounds like uh, a fun premise for like some random horror movie from the 50s yeah. or something like that. Well, it's it's a good it's a good premise starts out good, uh, but it, it, I mean, you, of course, these guys at the beginning opens with them dumping off a few dead bodies, and as he goes to um, you know cut one apart, uh, we find she's she's alive, and he's just kind of trying to um, just like return. Um, her to the mobsters or whatever, or you know, and they're you know just want him to kill her, but he doesn't do that, that type thing. But um, goes through all that. It's a little bit too um, dragging it out with talky scenes or whatever, but it ends ends pretty strong. Um, but yeah, that's the only I don't know thing of interest. But I also did uh, review the um, Batman uh, 4K Ultra HD Tell Blu-rays that this. are coming out. Oh my, uh, what a revelation! Like it's probably the best at least argues to be the best catalog titles on the format um both audio visual it was just a it was like just a wonder to look and see and hear uh just the, the amount of restoration uh the like how good these damn things look and like the audio on it's phenomenal too it was suck because i went from uh those those four movies and then i went to like captain marvel which was like an okay audio track but just paled in comparison to these uh, 1989 to 1997 movies. Even Batman and Robin, you just like the the. It, I mean, you know how the Schumacher movies credits are. Um, that's like a home theater test right there because everything's the names of people are flying across the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, going through every damn speaker, and then you open on a short, you know, an opening action sequence, which really pushes things to the limit. And you're just like. Wow. I mean, regardless like, of quality. Yeah, regardless of quality. I mean, it's not those movies cost money and they look like they cost money. So I'm not surprised that like they hold up well as far as a transfer onto a 4K because there's so much there there in these movies. Like there's so yeah. much go. There's so much production design and I imagine crazy audio mixes to combine what Alien Goldenbill score mm-hmm. and like the just. The, the nonsense dialogue and everything that's going on in those films. Yeah. Right, yeah. And there's cool little things. Like, they have so much fun with it. Like, um, when Mr. Freeze gets caught and he's put in Arkham and they have that little um, lit area uh, where his bed is where he's supposed to stay so he can stay cold. Like, the ceiling the ceiling speakers produce, like, air. It sounds like a air conditioner or vents kicking on and running above you, which is, like, really cool. Um, there's going to be some fun really history that comes with room. like the, the decades from now when people look back on some of these movies, particularly like the Batman movies and how wildly mm-hmm. disparate in tone they are. But like, yeah. you can, again, regardless of quality, you can see the intention as far as making a comic book come yeah. to life in these movies. Well, and I, I wrote, I mean, I wrote my Batman and Robin review. Like, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, instead of just, you know, harping on things that we're all very aware don't work with the movie, let's see what it does do right. You know, because that's more interesting to me than just to uh, be the 80th guy that tells you Cowabunga is kind of stupid when Robin's flying around in the sky surfing um, or, you know, ice puns and stuff like that. Yeah, we're all well aware of that. I don't need to be like the 80th guy. That's like the guy still crying about Jar Jar Binks sucking when talking about the Phantom Menace and thinking he's like giving, 
intricate uh, hot take. <laughs> yeah, hot take. Yeah, like hot take like, time. All right. Well, cool. I uh, eventually I will have this 4K upgrade, and yes, certainly the Batman films are among the things I'd like to have in that presentation. Because I will say the Blu-ray discs have been remastered too, off that Ooh. same transfer, and do have the Atmos audio. So if you don't have 4K yet, they're still worth getting because they have been, and they look really good on the Blu-ray too. The big difference is the HDR and the, the glowing and stuff really shows up in the 4K, but the crispness, three-dimensional look and everything else, uh, and, and a lot of the color stuff does show through pretty good on the Blu-rays too. So, Well, I got I to add, it's like interesting. So um, I also got um, the Batman 4Ks, and I, I'm more of a streamer lately because I'm too mm-hmm. lazy to put the disc in my Xbox, but uh, I put the code in. This will be your downfall. And- Right, and he will lose my novel. So I put the code in at Movies Anywhere, and it said, you know, Batman and Robin, 4K. And I was like, awesome. So then I went to my Voodoo, and I was like, this looks terrible. I was like, this really doesn't look that great. So I, And I saw reviews. So I, I'm guessing that the 4K stream is not up yet, even though it, I redeemed a 4K. So maybe I'll put the disc in, because I do hear, like you're saying – the discs look, look pretty good. So I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, I should just put the disc in. But it's usually the streams are pretty much whatever they're using. That's what it's the same transfer. So mm-hmm. I was surprised. I did yeah. take a look at Batman Forever um, on the Movies Anywhere stream, and it looked like it was from pulling from the same source. So with streaming, the blacks always crushed no matter their 4K and stuff. They have issues with blacks and stuff like that. But um the, the HDR was still present, and, and it looked like it was pulling from that same source. That the me, this, yeah. I don't know. Like, well, I don't know what service we you got. Use. We that this is that's enough techno babble. <laughs> oh, we got to move on. We're so down into the Batman 4K hole right now. <laughs> right, J- Jim. Let's move to you. What have you seen recently? Uh, I recently uh, got a uh, subscription to Shutter because I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Joe Bob. Uh, Briggs and his mm-hmm. uh, late night drive-in show, and he's had quite a few interesting movies on the season. He had like Henry, uh, Portrait of a Serial Killer. He had uh, Castle Freak and some other uh, the stuff, the Larry Cohen uh, horror movie, the stuff. And uh, one of the uh, they have like Shutter original movies that are on there. And uh, one of the ones I've seen recently was called The Ranger, and it's very much the kind of movie that they would have shown on uh, USA Up All Night in the eighties. Hmm, okay, um, these. Um, these 80s punks uh, spray paint a minivan and go off into the woods to hide, but they go, uh, they end up running afoul of an unhinged park ranger uh, wielding an axe. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I guess I've probably blown too much by telling you all this uh, plot ahead of time, but it, but it's uh, it's pretty much what you'd expect from hearing that description, but it's very well done. I mean, my thought was it's a Texas Ranger who moonlights as a slasher, so I'm not too far off, it seems. But I'm... You're not too far off, no, no, not at all. Uh, Jeremy Holm plays the Ranger, and he, play, he he's really good at playing on him. He's got that whole Tom Berenger kind of, uh, I'm your friend, I'm no longer your friend, turning on a dime type situation. Uh, he was in Mr. Robot and uh, House of Cards and a few other things. But um, it wasn't really a, you know a huge starring cast or whatever, but it was a cool little horror film. And well, well executed, well made, you know, low budget, but well done. So that was probably the last thing I watched. Very cool, Peter. Let's get to you. What have you seen recently? Um, you know, I uh, the last thing I watched was uh, The Perfection. Uh, it's this Netflix thing with uh, 
uh, Logan Browning and who's oh Ashley Ashley Williams Al- Allison Williams Allison Williams. Williams and I had heard it was kind of a body horror uh, type of thing and it kind of is like it's yeah I thought it was pretty fun I like I mean I don't you know I like these again I don't think it's probably as good as the stuff you're watching on Shutter but like Netflix has become kind of a thing where there's just at late at night, I can always put some 90 minute horror thing on where I'm like, oh, this is pretty entertaining. Like, so I enjoyed that. Um, but my main thing that I would want to ask you guys is that since we're in, we're halfway through 2019, what I've been thinking of is I need to devote the next six months to kind of rewatching the movies that I'm thinking are going to make my best of the decade list where I'm kind of like, all right, we're at the end of the decade. Maybe I should rewatch. I mean, some movies I'm like, no, they would make my list anyways. But have you guys been thinking about that? Like, it's 10 years. Like, are there stuff you want to rewatch, you know, look at it again? I have a hard time sleeping, but yeah, no. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I get you. Uh, Yeah, it is interesting bringing that up. But yeah, and it's tough to keep up with things and then go back to retrace your steps. But or if there's that big one you missed or one that might need another look. Yes, that's true too. Yeah. There's a number like rewatching no because I know where I stand on the movies I like and dislike already. Like it's rare that I'm like I have a uh, a, a giant change of heart over a film that I saw. Um <laughs> but as far as like catching up on stuff, I'm sure like yeah, there's some movies that I I would like to catch up with if I actually kind of delve into my my archives of 10 years and try to piece together some form of a best of the decade list. Yeah, there's just so many. No, and you're right. There are so many films that like when because I've looked on, you know, some people that have started making those lists and there's a lot of them that I've always heard were really good. And I was just like, ah, I was like, I never saw that. So I was like, I need to check that out. My my problem with seeing them now is like, it's just June. Like there's still movies that come out this year. Like I don't, I don't don't want to ascribe to making some list and like counting out like the rest of this year. Like it's impossible for them something to get on this list. Well, no, I mean, of course I'm not saying we shouldn't keep watching current releases, but nine and a half years have gone by. I mean, I feel like a good majority of those movies have probably already been made. So you might have missed a few gems, you know, like oh, maybe, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I'm not, yeah, I'm not about not like putting it together, but as far as like, I guess publishing it is where I draw the line. It's like, why would I publish this now when I can oh, see no, no, something no, no. In, the, in the next like couple months? That's like amazing. So you can oh, get no, the no, clicks no, right it. now. Like what, what yeah, exactly get at the clicks, right? It was like, what if like, presumably what if once upon a time in Hollywood is like one of the best movies of the decade. I, I'm right. not counting that out as a possibility. You mean when Once Upon a Time <laughs> in Hollywood? <laughs> Although, honestly, I'm actually, and I think Aaron agrees with me. I, actually, I'm a big fan of Hateful Eight. So, as much as I'm yeah. looking forward to, to um, if Once Upon a Time. say you but, think I agree with you that Tarantino makes movies that I generally really, really like, yes, right, I right. agree with you. <laughs> so. I'm kind of like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd be surprised because I know a lot of people were down on. Hateful Eight, but I thought, yeah, that was really good, so that would make... No, I, I'm with you. I, li- I was high on Hateful Eight, or Hateful Eight. Too. I like it more now, having recently watched it again with that whole Netflix version of it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Watch that. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't like it yes, more now this... because of that Netflix version. I'm just saying, like, having watched it again, it's like, there's a lot of relevant themes in this thing that are more relevant now than they were back in 2016. <laughs> oh, the only other thing I wanted to say was, as since 15, he was mentioning... Sorry, go on. Uh, since he was mentioning Shudder... I got the Criterion channel, the the subscription, mm-hmm. and um, while it has been fun to kind of sample some f- favorite movies of mine to see how good the trans, like the Kislowski trilogy or something, um, I gotta say I really like the 
they I don't know what they call it, but it's basically like they have a filmmaker or somebody and they're basically talking about like. So I just watched the one with Guillermo del Toro and he's talking about like the movies he grew up with and like what he really thinks about like the fantasy genre. It's pretty good. Like I really like those are fun little things on the Criterion yeah. channel that I like. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Bill, I watched Bill Hader talking about uh, Blood Simple. Oh, that was that was that was pretty funny but I, expand on this a little bit so this is what just there's just a thing on criterion it's considered a season like yeah they, it's like it's kind of the season title and everything like there's a name for it but there and it, the, it can link from like it can be 15 to 20 minutes or whatever but yeah it could be it's Bill like Hader, a, it's like a video tour. podcast essentially yeah, yeah it's just, essentially it's, right it's them on well and you see the interviewer who's like asking them questions and but he's been pretty good. Like, oh, Sofia Coppola, I watched that one too. I was going to watch the Bill Hader one, so I'll check that one out next. Yeah, I, I just, I, you know, I had the Criterion Channel for the first, but at this point, and it sucks because I, I went off this way, I'm just like, man, I just don't know if I'm going to put the time in for the money I'm spending on it, which it happens with me a lot of streaming services because I do, you know, Blu-rays and stuff like that. I like to watch those. I, you know, TV shows, stuff like that. So I'm like, that, but it's a great channel. I support yeah. it, but I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to get my money out of this. That's one. that's Which that's, I, that's the, part, because I have such a big Criterion collection already, yeah. including films that I haven't even watched yet, even if I've seen them before. It's just like, when am I? Why do I need to stream these when I have hard copies that I haven't even plugged into my, my player? Right. I had no, filmstruck. Totally right. Yeah. I had filmstruck, and I'd have to like push myself, like, yo, bud, you have this for a year. You need to start. Like every like every so often in a month, I just go hard on it, and then I, you know, wear myself out. Like I need to get I need to get out of prestige and watch something crazy for a bit. And uh, yeah, it could be like it could be like that. But I mean, yeah, just the uh, the money putting down plus the time I spent. Like, cause once you pay for a year, you're like, oh yeah, I have it. And then wait, I haven't watched this in two months. Well. This brings me to the plethora of things that I've seen, given all the options that we seem to have as very far as various streaming services, movies available, and what have you go. Uh, I've seen a lot of things. Uh, so I saw Rocket Man. Uh, I mentioned this last week. I saw it with my dad. He really enjoyed it. I also really enjoyed it. I <clears throat> I don't think it like gets past the nature of what a music biopic tends to do as far as, like, here's a person's life, and we've condensed it down into this amount of time. But what I do think Dexter Fletcher, the director... Uh, and, you know, his filmmaking team and what have you, uh, what they do is provide you a perspective of Elton John in his mind that reflects the story that's being told as far as it's a heightened, fantastical musical, essentially. It gives you a look at his life from his rise to fame to around the mid-'80s, and you you see that through his, entirely his perspective. And because of that, you get this these, like, wonderful musical numbers you get this kind of, like I said, a heightened reality, and I think it's just handled quite well. I think Taron Egerton is very good. Elton John, he sings, he dances, he does everything, he embodies the role. I can't say that like on this Elton John devotee where I know everything about the man, but I, from what I've what I've seen, and especially what I've read, like it seems like the and given that Elton John's alive and very much involved in the project, he can kind of have more of a say as far as how they depict him. It seems like there's not much as far as a. Uh, kind of a rewriting of history in the same way that you see with other music biopics. So I, I can appreciate it for that level, not that it's dependent on if it's exactly as how it happened, but at the same time, it just seems to click all tick all the boxes that I want if a music biopic's going to kind of do the same kind of thing. It's not perfect by any means, but it's very enjoyable. Uh, it's well-made, and it just, given how sour I've been on the genre, it's nice to see one that actually works despite kind of playing into expectation. Uh, hmm. So yeah. 
Rocket Man. Uh, I saw Ma. This is the 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 latest film from Tate Taylor and Octavia Spencer, the two that worked together to make the help. And now <laughs> they've made this Bloomhouse Grindhouse horror film, uh, where she plays the kind of a detached sort of person um you've presumably seen the trailers you know what ma is i think it's it's good enough like octavia spencer's very good in the movie uh she inhabits a character and like we've talked about this on the podcast before i think despite how good she can be in films some of these recent supporting roles has basically just been her going mm-hmm in the background and it's like <laughs> that's all she really has to do and it like it works because she has a level of authority here she plays like a real character like she it's it's a it's a, a horror movie character, but at the same time, it's also a an older black woman leading a horror film, which is something you do not see at all, really. Um, right. And it and it works like it it works as far as you get to know that character, you get to know the teen characters, particularly the the lead teen character whose like, name I can't remember, the actress I can't remember right at this moment. I think it's Deanna Silvers, and her mom's played by Juliette Lewis. And if anything, the main problem of the film is that this stuff is pretty good before it goes like full horror like it actually provides you like a good character drama about who this woman is why she's so lonely as well as what's going on with the the lead actress and Juliet lewis like it feels like there's stuff that's been cut just so it can be like an efficient 90 minutes you know movie um at the same time it's still effective like it's it's it made a chunk of money and bloomhouse does their things so i don't know if we're gonna you know get ma too ma harder but we'll see what happens but <laughs> I, um, <laughs> um, ma harder ma harder yeah ma harder Maharis, Mahar, Ma, Ma too, Ma harder they come. Um, so yeah, uh, it's fine. Uh, I saw Jim Jarmusch's new film, The Dead Don't Die, this week. That's oh, one of, exactly. it's been uh, one of my most anticipated films of the year, and uh, it did not disappoint. It's very much a Jim Jarmusch movie. I think anyone that's watching that trailer and thinking, "Oh my God, this is going to be one zany, wacky zombie comedy," well, it kind of is that because it's a Jim Jarmusch zombie comedy, but it's not nearly like the kind of wild affair that the trailer is making it out to be it's very much a very slow paced very ironic jim jarmusch type of film that happens to involve zombies and has a huge cast um, i would put it on the kind of lesser scale as far as jarmusch films goes but as far as like an enjoyable offbeat zombie movie goes yeah it works <laughs> it's uh i it's bound to have a terrible cinema score but like i think it, it worked for me so i was happy <laughs> um what else deadwood the movie um watch this this week uh i i i can't say i have the same reverence for deadwood that many have because i've only caught up with it just recently but um for fans of deadwood the show this is a nice send-off to that series like i know the third season was compromised i believe just because it got canceled and they kind of like couldn't i'm just going off memory but it couldn't get like kind of resolved in the way creator david milch would have liked i think i think i think that's accurate um and so for a two-hour movie, which is essentially just like two big Deadwood episodes, it does its job. It does its job to kind of give closure to the show. And I think it's what, I mean, all the, if you're a fan, again, if you're not a fan of the show, like, the movie's really not going to do anything for you. Like, my dad was like, should I watch the Deadwood movie? Because I like Ian McShane. I'm like, well, you, you don't know this show, so there's really not, you're not going to get much out of this beyond like, oh, that's a bunch of characters I seem to like. Like, that's that's really it. Uh, but for fans, yeah, it works. And stay tuned for the end of the episode to see if Peter will watch it after we record. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, were you a Deadwood fan? Did you watch the show? I did when it was originally on. I'm not in a hurry to watch the movie. Fair enough. Um, let's see. Last thing I saw. Uh, I'll mention this real quick. Speaking of HBO. Chernobyl. 
the last episode's tomorrow. It's a five-part series. It's fantastic. I can't oh, emphasize yeah, this enough. I, why do you think we talk about TV? But yeah, yeah, Chernobyl's great. Uh, I, I talk about stuff that matters. And Chernobyl's, like, just really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't emphasize enough how good Chernobyl is. But that leads me to the next miniseries. It's When They See Us. This is the Ava DuVernay four-part miniseries chronicling the, the life and trials of the Central Park Five. For those not familiar... The Central Park Five is a—it's a very disheartening case involving five black and Latino youths who were wrongfully arrested and convicted for a rape that they did not commit. Uh, just to emphasize that enough, and only later, after years of imprisonment for some of them, um, were they exonerated completely of their crimes and rewarded by this. Rewarded, they were awarded money by the state to kind of make up for this. Um, it's very well done. There's other things I'm not mentioning as far as how terrible the things were that led to the, these kids, be, these kids being arrested and and, try, and put in jail for unwarranted reasons. But regardless, it's a very well-made miniseries. The it's a I got a great cast across the board of of both young actors and some veteran actors. Uh, with Vera Farmiga, John Leguizamo, among others, are all in there. Uh, just a lot of good things about it. Can't say enough as far as how good this is i'm very happy it came in just in time for like emmy qualifications because i between that and chernobyl there's a lot of good things to award right now as far as tv goes i could throw in other things as well but i won't because i'll take too much of time so yeah that's when they see us that's on netflix now and yeah well that's it that's gonna do it for right now quickies damn let's move on now let's uh let's get to our trailer talk where we talk about what are the newest, the newest movie trailers of the week when it's coming out what have you this we're talking rambo colon last blood this is the Fifth? Fifth Rambo film? Fifth. Um, fifth. Number five. Number, Number five. five yeah. Once again, starring Sylvester Stallone as John J. Rambo. Uh, from what I can tell, he's back in America, and he's a cowboy now, and he's <laughs> he's fighting off Mexican cartel yep. dealers. I, let's get to you guys. Uh, Brandon, I want to start with you. I think you did like a retrospective of Rambo, if I'm not mistaken, for, the, for Naptown. Uh, no. Did you review the Blu-rays or something? Was that a thing? I did the 4Ks for the first three Rambo okay. movies. Where, where, do you th- where, where are you with this? Do you like the Rambo series? Is this like, are you a fan of it? Um, I think the first one's actually a pretty pretty damn good film. Um, the second one's just some action junk. Third one's garbage. I remember, I, I haven't watched the fourth one in the longest time, but I remember like, being thrilled by it when it was uh when it came out um thought it was pretty nice but uh not my favorite stallone character um i don't grab for them a lot but i'm i'm all right with them this one actually naming convention uh is all right because it's a series <laughs> that has the wild like because it's rambo or the first one's first blood and we have rambo first blood part two uh, then we go to the third one's called Rambo Three, which is incorrect. Um, and then just Rambo, mm-hmm. and then now Rambo Last Blood, which is like, okay, I'll accept that. I but, mean, it's um, no Fast and Furious, but I'll allow it. Right. Yes. Uh, you know, like I, I get that these aren't going to be um woke movies and whatnot, but I, on a core level of just action and thrills, that I'm not really, I'm. I'm not taking any educational things from it other than just action stuff. It could be all right. And this looks more like it has more in common with the original first blood than the sequels, what the sequels were, because a lot of people, when they think Rambo, they think the second one onward. And then they go watch the first one and be like, Whoa, this is really, 
interesting, different, which it was, you know, a guy stuck in a woods with cops coming after him, setting traps and using survival tactics to get around him. And this looks like he's trapped on his property and using those just, you know, the villains are the cartel. Okay. They're just bad guys, but you know, people are probably going to take, um, there's probably going to be plenty of think pieces about it once it comes around by people who have no interest in watching a Rambo movie, but Hey, here we are. I mean, but, it's a little fitting that we're talking about that when we're talking about a Godzilla movie today as far as what people aren't really <laughs> caring about the context around it. But we'll get to that. Right. I, I just, on a core level, Stallone action movie, maybe it's good, man. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'll All see right. it. All right. It's about, you know. So. Jim, where are you at with this? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I just don't don't care. Right. I, I, I mean, Brandon makes a good point. The first movie was decent. You know, you get your what Brian Dennehy was in that one, you know, and Richard mm-hmm. Crenna and stuff. And, you know, it was actually based on a novel. And then after that, it just kind of became more and more of a cartoon. Uh, so much so that. And I'm literally. At, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm looking across the room in my toy collection uh, and my, my Rambo and the Freedom Fighters uh, action figures uh, looking back at me. So I'm really, I don't know. And this trailer really didn't do a lot for me. It's like, oh, look, lots of explosions and. It's kind of like Home Alone. He's setting all these traps, and oh, great, okay. But I'm not going to, you know, rush down to see it when it comes out. Peter? Yeah, I mean, I, well, you know, I'll say this: I'm, I am a fan of Stallone. I do, I do. I, of course, I love the Rocky movies and stuff. Yep. And I do, I do. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm not a huge Rambo guy. I rewatched First Blood maybe two or three years ago. And yeah, it's pretty good. I was like, oh, it is it, for everything that you guys just said, Brian Dennehy and the, the sense of isolation in the Pacific Northwest. All that was pretty good. Um, but I never revisited the sequels. I didn't really. I was like, eh, what? I mean, I think the second one didn't Cameron write it. Is that true? Yeah, James Cameron got that. Yeah, they. Cameron got was... The best thing I could say about the trailer is that, and it might just be my preference of actors of '80s action guys. Yeah, I'm not super excited. I don't have much to add to this because, yeah, I'm not a big Rambo fan. I like First Blood. I think we all like First Blood because First Blood's a good movie. I think that's that's right, why. Yeah. And I, I would even argue it's one of Stallone's better acting role. I would say it was one of his best up until, like, Balboa, Creed, and Creed Two happened. Um, but uh, but I, I think he's really good in the first Rambo. I think he actually yeah, really so. plays a character, yeah. like, really well. So- don't disregard his star turner and rhinestone was uh dolly parton <laughs> no never forget that come on never forget that um i'm surprised he didn't direct this i i thought he was I, I assume he probably was at some point and then just wasn't anymore but like i it, it seems like he, the way he takes ownership of his characters is something i do admire and it's a little surprising that like he didn't come back to, to direct this last one um but yeah i mean i mean I, we like to doubt him but then he ends up like proving he's a little bit smarter than we give him credit for a lot of times i i don't feel that way i feel like i give him exactly about the credit that he get he deserves i i do because i do think he i think he really likes filmmaking when i see him in oh, interviews yeah. talking about filmmaking he's really excited about it when it comes to like acting he's like yeah dude, but the, when he's talking about directing and like writing and stuff he's like he gets really like into it he, get, he becomes like mm-hmm. a vin diesel nerd about stuff all of a sudden yeah like that's so it's like it, i that's kind of why I'm like, oh, it's a shame they didn't direct this because now it's just gonna be on like a you know press tour dog. Like, yeah, I came back and put the banana on. Like, I don't know like, what else this really has to say. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it's his his own script. But I mean, the only thing he yeah. really truly sucks at that I think he thinks he's good at is comedy. Like, he's 
terrible with comedy, but um, I think he thinks he's pretty funny. But, uh, you know, every time he's like, you know, when Rocky Balboa was coming around, people were like, oh, God. And then we're like, well, wait, this is pretty good. Yeah. So, you know, and then I think that last Rambo actually upon release, I think it was pretty well received. And then afterward, like after people had already, you know, everything was said and done, then people were like, eh, you know what, maybe maybe I don't like him just mowing down bad guys. That, I'll say this. Know, I don't think he's bad in Rambo as far mm-hmm. as the presence he brings to it and the kind of world weariness he has. I just yeah. hate that movie. I just really didn't <laughs> like that movie. <laughs> like when I, when I, I didn't have to wait after the fact either. I didn't like it when I was watching it. <laughs> but, um, we'll, we'll see what this movie does. I, I am curious if it's kind of a... What I, I can admire about these later sequels, I guess, is that they do feel scaled back. You Back to I the mean? basics, yeah. Yeah, it does yeah, feel like, as opposed to Rambo three, which is like everything. Uh, <laughs> wasn't it like was it wasn't three like the most expensive movie ever at the time? Wasn't that the thing? Yeah, what? where he help, uh, it's one where um has that dating of uh, he him assisting the or getting assistance and helping the Taliban, just like James yeah. Bond. Yeah. Um, both around the same time, but uh, yeah. Did it seem to you that the rest? Um, it seemed like Sylvester Stallone was playing Johnny Cash in a Johnny Cash music video in, the, in this trailer a little bit. He's like, you know, he's looking at himself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Oh, this, is, this is like, it, it was looked like it was riffing Logan. Like, if you could have used the song. Yeah. Would, yeah. I hurt myself. Exactly. Today. Someone probably told him not to use it. It was probably in an original cut of that trailer. <laughs> like, we can't right. keep doing the Cash thing, guy. Uh, I know. I was like, this song, you know. <laughs> All right. Um, Rambo and the Last Blood arrives in theaters September 20th. This, I guess, fall. (laughs) So there you go. So it'll be third place to the fourth straight week of it being number one. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, that's how it's going to be. All right. That trailer played great on IMAX, by the way. I... You know what trailer played great on IMAX? The Joker trailer. It played really yeah. Like, like, oh, I, I saw that. Did, you're right. Like it I did. like yeah. I was already like okay, this looks fine. Like but I wasn't like over the moon about it. But seeing it on the IMAX screen, it's like wow, this looks really like good. Like it's visually speaking. Yeah, I like, agree. Like I was really impressed by it. So, uh, yeah, I really want that movie to be good too. Like, like don't like, don't just have us going. Remember when that trailer was awesome? Make the <laughs> movie's awesome too. Watch Todd Phillips get a best director nomination for. Oh my god. <laughs> If it's just, you know, Joker by way of Scorsese, awesome. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But until that time, let's get to let's get to our main review for Godzilla, colon, King of the Monsters. Which of these titans are here to protect us? And which of these titans are here to threaten us? So you'd want to make Godzilla our pet? No. We would be his. That should have been some of the trailer for Godzilla, colon, King of the Monsters. While the DC films have had a mixed result in uh, creating a cinematic universe, WB has been able to pick two other universes uh, fairly successfully. The Conjuring universe is going strong, and the Monsterverse has proven to click with audiences. Uh, Some after the Fact thoughts aside, 2014's Godzilla was well-received moneymaker, um, and 2017's Kong Skull Island was also a hit. 
Before we see these two face off next year in Godzilla vs. Kong, we now have a new Godzilla feature that brings the in other classic monsters, Mothra, Rodan, and most notably, the film's heavy, King Ghidorah. In a battle for dominance, a group of humans from the Monarch organization do what they can to help Godzilla hold on to his place as the rightful King of the Monsters. Peter, I'm going to start with you. Where, where are you with Godzilla as like a franchise? I know, I know you've seen a, a number of them, and you've seen these recent Monsterverse films, but do, do, are you a fan of the Godzilla franchise? I think I'm more of a fan of the Godzilla franchise than I am of, I guess, the short-lived Pacific Rim franchise or even maybe the Transformers. Like, I, I, I guess of the big giant robot or monster wreak havoc thing, I guess Godzilla's probably my favorite. I mean, I might, I think I love, obviously, the first, what is the King Kong from the 30? I mean, yes, I, I think that's great and everything. But but as a character in a bunch of movies, yeah, I, I like Godzilla. Um, I... Yeah, I'm a fan. I love I love the thing that you've been doing, his little uh his scream or whatever that noise is. Like yeah. Yeah, I love that. You know, like um I've always thought that Godzilla as a character has a lot of personality, whether it's a guy in a suit or in these new ones where it's this kind of kind of cool muscular CG creation or something. Like I, I've always kind of appreciated that about the kind of personality that 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 this big lizard thing has uh so yeah i think i'm it's not star wars for me but like you know but like i said of these big giant havoc things i would say yeah probably my favorite what'd you think of this new film i liked it i i think that it'll be in it's interesting because right now we're talking and i actually have godzilla 2014 in the background and it's interesting i almost think that these three movies i'm not necessarily in their the same in quality or whatever, but thinking of Godzilla 2014, Skull Island, and now King of the Monsters, they kind of remind me of the Alien movies. How, like, the first three Aliens are very different directors, even though it is technically kind of tied. Because rewatching the the Gareth Edwards Godzilla, you don't get a lot of Godzilla, as I recall. I'm like, I'm watching it now. We haven't gotten really to Godzilla yet. Like, it is really more just like this disaster horror film and by the time you get to king of the monsters i mean it's like you know all out we get to see all these tons of monsters and everything so i don't know i mean i'm not saying it's an exact parallel but i'm thinking that right now that i was like huh it's like it's three different directors same studio you know trying to tie this universe together um but yeah i was a fan i i i liked it i i saw it on an imax screen I, I really liked, again, with the personality, I really liked that Rodan and Mothra. My only criticism, and we can go into this more, is like, and I don't think this is a spoiler, is that like, while the Gareth Edwards one, I thought, was consciously doing this thing where you're only seeing Godzilla the way you would see him if you were on the ground, which means he's always bigger than the screen. Except for, I think, the end, where it's like a camera, video it's, camera. They, they zoom out to give you, like, all right, let's do the monster thing. Right, but right. Yes, you're, you're, you're completely correct as far as every all camera moves seem like someone's actually holding a camera to show you this. Right, which I thought, I thought it worked. I know some people thought not enough Godzilla or whatever, but I thought it worked pretty well for the Gareth Edwards one. However, in this one, they're not doing that. But I still kind of felt like there's a lot of action where it's rainy and the shots to me, I, I always wanted the shots to be like wider. Like they give us a shot of like, you know, Mothra, then you could see Mothra and it's in Mothra's glory. But then when there's fighting, I kind of felt like some of the times it was too claustrophobic for me. 
Um, this is just, again, this is my only real issue. Like, I mean, I don't really care whether or not the human characters were developed. I, I'm not watching it for that. I mean, that said, I thought all the, you know, that's why you hire, you know, Farminga and Kyle Chandler, because they can do a lot with just a few lines, you know. Um, but, but yeah, that's my only thing. I'll be curious to see what everyone else, I, I kind of, kind of wish either less rain or wider shots for the big stuff, but but I was overall, I, I had a pretty good time, especially at IMAX. All right. Jim, I'm sure you have somewhat of a history of Godzilla. Where, where are you at with this franchise? Well, I uh, I grew up watching Saturday afternoon uh, uh, Kung Fu and uh, Toho uh, Godzilla movies uh, on uh, Channel 43 and WUAB when I was a lad. And then uh, as a teenager, they used to have all night uh, horror movies at the uh, drive-in slap, uh, swap shop in uh, suburban Florida where I lived and they would show Godzilla movies all night. Plus like, you know, offshoots like, uh, you know, Yongari and um, I'm trying to think of some other like uh, knockoffs, uh, Gorgo, uh, I think Reptilicus, stuff like that. And uh, so the I have like films, camera, another good example. And uh, I really, I really had like a, a real appreciation for those movies growing up and I, I sought them all out on VHS and, um, uh, so I have, a, I have a deep affection for the franchise, and I really enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Um, Were you a fan of the 2014 co- film? I forget. I was, yeah. I thought it was cool. I thought it was fine. I'm, I'm like, they don't need to... I, I, I heard a lot of the criticism that, you know, oh, there's not enough Godzilla in it, or, you know, we don't get Godzilla for the last 20 minutes, and I, I, was, I was fine with that. You know, it was a build-up. They weren't... I didn't expect to see what we saw in this movie in the first movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like in this movie, we see kind of that almost that uh, that promise fulfilled in a lot of ways with the giant set piece uh, battle scenes we get in this, the giant fights, uh, especially Godzilla and Ghidorah over the ruins of uh, Boston. Um, just incredibly well uh, well done. I love the um, the the ways like the the. Uh, almost like the choreography of the fights is kind of done differently than what we've seen in something like a Pacific Rim or, uh, or another, you know, Kaiju movie you know, a recent Kaiju movie. It just was really, I thought they were really well choreographed. And even with all the like, you know, smoke effects and the different color palette effects, it was pretty easy to see, you know, what was happening, what was going on. I thought the lighting was very, you know, well done and dramatic in that, that regard. Um, it was cool to see, a lot of my favorite character actors like Charles Dance and Ken Watanabe and uh, uh, Bradley Whitford, you know, all popping up. And, uh, you know, Joe Morton was there for, you know, five minutes and left. Oh, yeah, always happy to see so. it. My, was, my dad leaned over like, is that Joe Morton? It was like, it's so, it's funny to me how much like regard Joe Morton has. Like, because the same thing happened in like, what was it? Uh, BVS in, in Batman Superman was like, Joe Morton's here. All right. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. The, I, the, this thing might be a wash, but I like that. <laughs> I really, I, I'm sorry if I'm rambling a little bit, but I just, I really, I really enjoyed it a lot. It's, it's the kind of uh, movie that if I told eight year old me was going to come out, he would just like have been stunned in a catatonic state until now when it did come out. So, um, did the little deuces yeah. go? Uh, no, no, they're not into uh, the Godzilla as much as I, I am. But uh, it was, yeah, the last thing they came out to see with me was uh, Detective Pikachu. Brandon, you're fresh off a screening of this movie. Where where are you at? Uh, with with this current movie? Well, you can give us a little backstory if you want to. Ah, okay. Well, uh, yeah. Um, 
I, I always, you know, whenever there's a new Godzilla movie, I'm, I'm in the theater, usually the opening weekend. And I, I've more so like with the old ones dabbled because back in the VHS days, it was hard to rent or find things, stuff on TV. But I, I dabbled in them and I really would love like you and Aaron have talked like a box set, um, putting them all together so I could go through them. Cause I love the kind of zaniness the series reaches out to, um, and would love to see it in its own pristine restored glory. Um, somewhat, but, um, this new one, um, I think I, I definitely, I think it was an uptick from the, uh, Gareth Edwards one from a few years ago, which I liked. I don't think I was like crazy about it, but I liked it. Uh, this one, um, Definitely, it seemed to, I don't know, it just worked a little better for me in my wheelhouse. Maybe I like the, I think maybe the cast a little bit better, which felt like, um, which I kind of like that sort of 90s summer blockbuster casting mm-hmm. where you're Everybody spending a lot, you know. you're, well, you're spending a lot of money on uh, the the effects and and stuff so you're you're trying to fill in with like kind of familiar faces to people mm-hmm. uh, right. using a lot of tv uh like you know millie bobby brown my son it was funny with you know thomas middletich uh, i obviously from uh silicon valley so they're wanting that and all these people they cast them and like do what you do on that thing people know you from mm-hmm. which is exactly whatever but my son with Thomas Milton, she goes, oh, he's that guy in those phone commercials. <laughs> and my son, my son who's seven, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he has that Verizon wireless campaign. Well, well done there. But, yeah, it's like they get everybody uh, doing, you know, do what you do. Bruckheimer type of thing to do, yeah. Yeah, yeah so do what you do. And, and, I mean, Kyle Chandler starts this this movie coming in hot. Like, he is almost <laughs> Wahlbergian. Uh, he settles down later in. <laughs> But man, he comes in hot to start this movie. I was like, holy crap, I've never seen him like this. Kyle Chandler is so friend of the show, Kyle Chandler, is so like I it's so much fun to watch him basically be a guy who's so pissed off that he has to do this that everything he does, because he steamrolls over everybody any chance he gets, <laughs> everything he does is okay. I'm going to tell you things that I know, and I'm going to be next to a chalkboard at all times to make sure you understand it. Right. If it gets me back to being a photographer, shooting, shooting wolves out in the wilderness, whatever. <laughs> I'm my, my family's kidnapped? Fine. Okay, what can we do? There's a thing over there? Let's go to it. Like, that's his whole performance, like the entire and movie. It's he kind of... takes that Kyle Chandler intensity to, like, levels we've never seen before that, that are just ridiculous world of camp going on. And then they almost, I feel like, almost like Middletish is almost like riffing off like improving off of like i think a couple times he's like so so down man you're a little a little much um but the movie it's got cool scenes like i'm gonna i want to echo peter a bit with like a lot of things look really awesome but when they play out with fights it's a little bit murkyish because they're always dark scenes with rain or fog and stuff and it's I don't know if it needs fresh up, but I, I kind of want to see this like pristine, crisp versions of these monsters going at it. Like I want to, you know, see the detail, see them, but it's a bit murky. And there was even one part, and I'm sorry if I'm an idiot, but like one of the main characters gets killed, and I wasn't sure if that was what happened until the next scene, where I was like, okay, that's confirmed, but I wasn't quite sure. Um, someone got like stomped and eaten, and I was like, wait, did that? Okay, they're not in the next scene, so I guess that happened. But um, it was kind of unclear to me. But um, my thought, I I hate being like the guy that's gonna just be like, I have reasons for all of these things. But I'm just sitting there thinking, well, I 
I know I saw that, and then I saw a reaction shot from another actor that has a very close relationship with that person who's very sad about it. So I'm like, well, yeah. I guess that's what I saw. Well, see, like, it's kind of yeah, weird. yeah, that's, that's that's what I had there. Um, but I, I like the through line story. Was it was pretty kind of simple, but enough of of what like the human involvement was going on. Uh, but uh, you know, overall, it was a good monster movie. I want to see. I look forward to seeing it again. Although for me, right now, Tops is like. Uh, by a mile is Kong Skull Island. Like I, I think that one's got like everything. Like the cast in that one is aces. Like I think that's one thing it has over the two Godzillas is it's got a like, you know, charismatic and just like with it cast that you know sells those parts of the movies better. Yeah, there, there's than no this better two performance Godzillas. than John C. Riley in this MonsterVerse so far. Like, no, like he's so good. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you got yeah, you got like um, Hiddleston, Sam Jackson, Brie Larson. You know, just good things coming there, and they they haven't matched that with the two Godzilla ones. Although this cast was fun to see do their thing. Um, and I like Ken Watanabe being back. Watanabe's yeah. second. He's really good in, in these yeah, movies. He's, like, he, he's he doesn't really have good. to do much. Like, he has like everything he needs to do. Although yeah. he has a lot to do in this movie. Like They give him a lot. Oh, mm-hmm. I, think, I, think, I think Watanabe is kind of the MVP. Like, I think he's he's pretty good of in all. the actors in this movie, yes, I would agree. Yeah. 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 I mean, in the MonsterVerse overall, I would say John C. Riley, But I would say Ken Watanabe, he's a solid second. Yeah. <laughs> 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 a, well, I mean, look, there's a there's a lot I I don't want to I want to get too spoilery, but well, there... let me go. Let me go first. You 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 form that oh, sorry, thought without being too spoilery. I'll go. Uh, Aaron, what what did you think of the movie? My thoughts on I mean, <laughs> I think we're well aware that I'm a big Godzilla fan at this point. I don't think I need to go into my thoughts on the franchise. I've written plenty about it that you can find online right now. Um, but for this film, and I'll say I'll put this out there right now. I'm aware that the reviews are mixed negative on this film. And I would have been happy to have more people, or at least a kind of a balance of guests that could maybe speak to some of the more on the negative side. That said, I didn't come into this thinking, I hope these guys all like this movie. That said, I'm very happy you guys are here to talk with me about this movie. But I, you know, as far as debating quality or what have you, that's not beyond me. I would have been happy to do it. Uh, but it's, the fact is, it seems like we all like are fans of this film and we can play into what things, what things are problematic or what have you. But for the time being... I'm just going to talk about how much I really like this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it delivers on what I want out of a Godzilla monster mashup movie. I And it includes it from all angles. I mean, I think the filmmaking is pretty terrific here. I, I, would, I, would, I would say I do think Gareth Edwards' film is probably better directed. I do really like his approach. It has this kind of Spielbergian style as far as how to like build up to this thing a la Jaws, um, where you're just, like, you're getting teases of this thing, you're getting hints of it, although <laughs> there's there's more Godzilla in that movie than some than many Godzilla movies in general, but that's besides the point. Um, th- there's a lot going on there as far as how he's decided to stage it. This movie, yeah, it's more rough and tumble. It's more like, let's get this thing going. Right off the bat, you're like, well, here's another angle of San Francisco that already shows you Godzilla in the opening 30 seconds of the movie. So it's like, all right, like we're, we're getting off and running here. And I don't think there's any, even when there's not a Godzilla on screen or a giant monster, it seems like there's never not spectacle on display in some form. That said, because you're doing that, it also means like the plotting of the film becomes more like conventional, I guess is the best way to put it. Like you're, you're getting a more standard plot. But does that matter? Like, is that a factor that I have to consider when I'm watching a Godzilla movie, a film that's a, a film series that consists of 30 other movies that also have like plot stuff that's 
just kind of sticking it all together in between the giant monster battles. No, I don't need a, you know, the best representation of what a human story can be in the midst of all this happening. Does that excuse the film from having a good human story? No, it doesn't either. That said, I like the people in this movie. <laughs> like, I, mm-hmm. I I, see a lot of, like, you know, the characters are underdeveloped and the story's weak. It's like, I like these people. I think it speaks to what you guys were saying, Brandon, what you were saying as far as having a cast like this that's so, like, made up a bunch of capable actors that don't need to do much to kind of give you a sense of what they're supposed to be. So you have Kyle Chandler and Vera Farmiga and Charles Dance and Sally Hawkins and Bradley Whitmer. It's like they're all doing the things that you kind of get when you hire those people. If they're underutilized, it's like, well, what do you want more? You want more of them? Because that seems to be the complaint so far. So it's like, I don't know what the balance is, but for me, it felt pretty proper. Getting back to the, you know, on a technical level, I I can hear what's being said about kind of visual clarity in some of this. I just didn't have this problem. I don't know how to, I don't know what else I'm supposed to say with that. Like I'm, I'm used to kind of big spectacle films like this that involve giant creatures that have to be shrouded because of how expensive it is to make this thing work and how much cost saving you're doing by, you know, not having the, the a fully clean, bright as day version. Also just it would look silly. <laughs> I think it would kind of look, it would kind of ruin the mystique of King Ghidorah and Rodan and what have you if they're just presented in broad daylight, uh, which would bring you back to the old Godzilla films. I mean, the only thing that really separates this these movies, this movie from the older ones is like dramatic lighting, which I think kind of plays into where we are today as a modern society. I don't, I don't think people would want to, I mean, the movie already didn't do nearly as well as the first Godzilla in its opening weekend. I don't think people would be respond any better by having a very cheesy looking Godzilla movie now. Uh, but with what I got, I was really impressed with this thing. I really liked seeing these giant monsters and I really liked the imagery that Michael Doherty, the director here was going for. There's some really cool shots uh, that, show you the scale of these things or juxtapose the imagery with other things that are going on that I think just really plays into some some good themes he has going on. I think it hits the it it hits like the climate change stuff on the head in the way where the first the, the 2014 film was kind of just like putting it out there. This one's like, yeah, this is what we're doing now. So it's like, all right, it's not really subtle, but this movie doesn't really require subtlety. It's just kind of doing its thing by presenting a giant monster battle movie that has some kind of relevance, as ridiculous as it is in terms of the main plot, but no, I was very happy. I was very satisfied with what this movie gave me. You make a great point about the scale. Um, Having a really nice sense of scale of the monsters in the rubble and and in the different places fighting and stuff. And I think the 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 you know the smoke and the uh the the storms you know the rain the kind of volumetric rain they use in the shots and things like that really adds to that sense of scale and I make you, I mean you make a really good point you know I think without that it would just look kind of I mean there's really not a lot they could do with that other than maybe like a Cloverfield type you know person on the ground filming with their cell phone you know type situation it just really wouldn't stand out the way this does. I would agree. Style, it just kind of it yeah. comes with the territory as yeah. far as you having these giant it. monsters. You can't like it's easy. Yeah, you can just put them there, and it's like a bright sunny day, and there's buildings around. But I just don't think it has the same kind of quality that you get from you know this kind of drama, like showing you a King Ghidorah versus a Godzilla in a in Antarctica. It's like yeah, there's probably going to be a little weather going on there, and I I, yeah. I it didn't just it didn't distract me, and I I mean. It, I see there's so many well-regarded blockbusters that are very muddy visually that just do nothing for me as far as cinematography or what have you because there's just no dimension to it. It just feels like here's the second unit team coming in to do their thing. This movie has color. 
has a lot of color. Like there's there, I I like that Ghidorah, Mothra, and Rodan are all distinct in their presentation. Like you know, there's a very much of a blue sheen with the Mothra stuff, a blue like a blue like an earthy kind of tone. The Rodan stuff is fire, and it feels like fire. It feels like the the world's burning when he's around. And he's still a dick, by the way. Rodan's a dick. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, always, that's always his character. And then King Ghidorah is just like this yellow monster thing that you just don't want to deal with. I just, I like how much it puts emphasis on the, what I, okay. I think Doherty has a great reverence for this series. Uh, I, I, th- I really think he captures what a Godzilla movie is here. And that's something I can really respect. But uh, I, I, want, I want to hear more from you guys. Peter, what were you saying? You are trying to say something. Oh, no, no. I mean, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. And actually, I got to say, like, I'm still looking forward to seeing it again because I do like these. I really enjoy these kind of films. Oh, what I was going to say was I wasn't sure if it was too spoilery, but, like, there's a thing it, later at the end where we kind of see where Godzilla's been living, I guess. Uh-huh. And I thought that was really cool. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this is a huge, like – yeah whatever like i thought that kind of stuff was pretty great you know like and a cool like idea that comes also with like if you're a fan of this series because that's what's like talked about in kong skull island like where these monsters are living right right. so this is like a natural follow-up of oh we're actually like seeing a version of that now so it's like beyond it just being cool which i do think it is i agree with you it's also like oh if you're following along with this stuff and it's not like it's you know, it's not like there's a wild dependence on interconnectivity as there is in the MCU, but like this one's like, all right, like it, it really wants to like show you how these things all connect, and I, I appreciate that. Well, that that scene was uh, that'd be too spoilery to discuss. I, I really liked how that scene played out the way you were talking about Peter. That it's damn, I, never mind. Let's just, say it, let, here. Just, I'll, I'll <laughs> say this. We can say I'll say it this way. It gives Kenton Watanabe a lot to do in that sequence, and I really like what he gets to do there. Yeah. Is that yeah, fair? I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Let's make it enough. Yeah. The other thing, the other thing I wanted to say was, um, this is gonna, and only on an out now podcast can I connect Chernobyl with. Uh, <laughs> Although I guess that's not so weird because it's nuclear. I don't think it's that weird. No. Yeah, but what one of the things I love about Chernobyl is that despite that, <laughs> well, now here's the thing: Ch- Chernobyl might have some characters that are kind of dicks, kind of like Rodan. Um, but mm-hmm. in general, when I'm watching. Chernobyl, I really feel like, and this is a big thing I love about, this is a big thing that I find interesting in a lot of stories and stuff, is when you have a bunch of people that are probably trying to do the best they can, and it's not really about watching this and being like, oh, that guy's a mole, he's evil, you know, he's going to thwart their plans. It's like, no, they're really trying to do the best. Like, again, they could be dicks and stuff, or they could have some sense of cultural pride, but in general, what I liked about, and so following that, uh, I kind of like that once you have this reveal with Vera Farmiga and she kind of gives her speech as the movie goes on, they're not the humans aren't even Charles dance. They're not really like, I guess, cartoon bad guys. Like they have a reason for what they, we might disagree, but they have a reason for why they think the, this is, this is what should happen to like get the earth in a better place. I guess the Thanos like uh, type of thing, but right. I, like that like i i like there really isn't like a i don't know what it is like i just i like that it's like everyone's trying for whatever their agendas are they're trying to handle this humongous situation and i really appreciate that the only issue i have with it is like the introduction to Charles Dance is him machine gunning people and blasting (laughs) them in the face (laughs) it's like well and then you find out somebody was part of that and okay with that but i mean it plays out the way it plays out so yeah 
I mean, you're the villains right. are the villains are certainly villains. I get what you're saying, Peter. As far as their reasoning is more sound than I don't know Lex Luthor. Like, or it's like they don't, they're not. They don't just want money. They don't just want like yeah. It is like they have a a philosophy or whatever for why they're doing what they're doing. That, that said, if like. I would so love if Godzilla versus Kong just amounts to like some rich person just being like, "I want to see those two fight." <laughs> like that's his whole motivation. <laughs> well, no, okay, that's but, it. Like... Well, as an example, I don't know why I thought of this, and probably just because the most recent. I actually liked uh, Fallen Kingdom, the last Jurassic World movie, more than most. I thought it was. It's not obviously as good as Jurassic Park, but I I, I enjoy enjoyed, it. I enjoyed it, but I gotta say. <laughs> That movie has that terrible bad guy. You know, remember there's the guy that you think he's good, but he's basically like the the Paul Reiser character in Aliens. He's like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. He's all about the corporation. Like that's what I mean. There's nothing in Godzilla like that. Oh yeah, the the villains were single handedly trying to ruin the film for me that I was otherwise enjoying between right. him and Buffalo <laughs> Bill. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Who's the third one? Oh, Toby Jones. Like all the three of them. Yeah. They're right. like yes. we're we're here to ruin the movie for you. That's what I kept thinking. It's like <laughs> stop cutting to them. Give me something else. Exactly. D'Onofrio is better than you guys in the, the one before this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about him. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's better. I guess because he's D'Onofrio. He's just really good at things. Uh, this movie. Let's talk about some of these monsters a little bit more. Because <laughs> this, I, the excitement I have for this is ridiculous. Because there's no world where I thought that King Ghidorah would get a CG upgrade and look this menacing. I was so I'm so into this idea of this three-headed dragon thing. Like the idea of that alone just gets me going. It's just like yes, I want more. And like the best representation I've had of that over the past few you know, years of my life has been, it's a crazy puppet monster that has three heads. And it makes uh, no. it like <laughs> sound and it's weird. And now it's like, how do you, what do you do with that today? And they found a damn answer because it's so cool for me to see this and Mothra and Rodan like fully realize as giant CG creatures. And what on top of that, they feel threatening. Like they don't feel like they don't feel goofy to me. The plot around them is ridiculously goofy. We haven't actually no. talked. I mean, we we you kind of hinted at it, Peter, but it's like Vera Farmiga wants to kill the world of monsters so it will start again, and it's like that's ridiculous. Right. But this is but this is also <laughs> this is also a series that's featured aliens, time travel, uh, Mecha Godzilla, uh, a King Kong versus a Godzilla, more aliens, <laughs> robot cyborgs. It's like this is par for the course as far as human plots like i'm not like surprised by how stupid the plot sounds it is like you can sell me you can have good actors in it but it's still really stupid but in the meantime i'm also getting these crazy monsters fully realized and i really like that Ghidorah feels like a crazy like it's impossible monster like how do you fight this thing it feels threatening it feels like a real like the world's not going to survive this what do we do here type of situation so like those kind of things i really enjoy what did you guys did you guys like the introduction of these other monsters oh yeah Yeah. well yeah yeah i mean Ghidorah especially i thought um Ghidorah's introduction was pretty great um kind of doing what you were saying earlier where you're seeing really great spectacle even though you're not really seeing the monster at that point it's just that huge vertical kind of sequence um and that's great wait one question uh because i haven't i don't really remember monster zero or i haven't seen the other movies uh what happens to one of monster zero's uh heads is that normal or is that new that's new to this Okay. Right. That okay. Way. The way it the way it happens in this one that is new. <laughs> okay, that was cool. I liked it. It was pretty uh-huh. wicked. Yeah. 
I like I mean, that. There's even little touches. I sorry. I want you to guys. To, I'm just so excited about this movie. But like, there's these little touches like in the first fight that they have. Ghidorah like basically it's like, oh, Godzilla's fighting me, and there's military. I guess we're gonna fly away. Which is what happens in other Ghidorah movies. Just like, oh, this is getting too intense. I'm out of here. Like he just flies <laughs> off. Like that's really. It's like, do I think Doherty gets that? He's just like. Yeah, we gotta have more monster fights. How do we get out of this? Well, he just flies off. Like that's what he does. Like he just moves away for a while. Well, and you know what's funny is from marketing to this, they actually it felt like they the the trailers of this movie would led you to believe they were shooting their wad on this movie, and then it's really not. No, I agree. When it, like they actually it was pretty restrained and in a good way too. There's still more like plenty left to tell. Uh, oh, yeah. They did sell this on like oh, we're just throwing it all in here and it's and you know to people who haven't seen listen to this maybe you should be prepared that it's kind of not um it's a bit more focused um battles going on you do get plenty of monsters but i mean it's not like a 12 on one yeah like uh, i I, like i would say there's only three like big action scenes there's just Mm -hmm. there's just still like every scene in between it costs a lot of money (laughs) i mean that's the best way i can put it i i will say too about this movie that i was thinking about when i watched this i'm like man it's kind of been a while where you know i've seen a movie that's not afraid to and doesn't make any excuses it it wasn't afraid to crutch on just like movie logic sometimes you know like hey this is a movie this is how we move to point a point b mm-hmm. without having to like over explain you know choices made they just hey this helps get us a to b it's a movie you're here to see giant monsters that's fine it didn't bother me but it's kind of it's kind of relaxed to see that in a time where we get so much dialogue exposition or over explaining things that happen the way they do because a, a plot needed to move here to there. Like this I, one just, I think it does that at the beginning, at the beginning, it feels a bit convoluted as far as like, okay, they're here. And why are they here? There's this thing here. We got to mm-hmm. get this thing. Now what? Well, there's actually this person and he's there. He's doing this thing. And so it's like, all right, once those pieces are like, once they're starting to go to like Antarctica, it's like, I feel like everything's pretty straightforward from there. It's like, all right, we got to do this thing. Yeah. Mainly because Kyle Chandler, yeah just lectures everybody on how to do is he's his own flaw like because the Kyle Chandler (laughs) he's fun but he's also like dude's running over everybody and and for a movie that has a a good amount of international and people of color in the cast it's like white guy needs to calm down a bit sometimes to let other people speak like it's it's a little much (laughs) but back to the monsters Jim what about how about seeing these monsters how how was that it was great I mean I, I like you said I remembered you know, King Ghidorah having the uh, the wobbly rubber head controlled from the uh, you know the coat hanger uh, wire underneath, and you know the the like scratching uh, lightning effects, and to see it realized like this in these battle scenes, see these monsters like done like this was just awe inspiring. I would ma- I would uh, definitely recommend like if you get to see an IMAX or uh, an XD or in a bigger uh, screen. Uh, definitely do so. Um, at least I, you know, I, I really enjoyed it in the biggest screen I could find. This is like I said, this is like a, a, a kid's like <clears throat> the dream I had as a kid come true. You know, all these monsters in one movie, um, looking the way they do in this movie, and just you know the the battle scenes are incredible. I just um, I don't know. I I see I've seen criticisms of the movie saying you know. Well, all it is is a bunch of monsters fighting, and I'm like, do you know how Godzilla movies work? <laughs> you know, um, it just seemed like some of the reviewers didn't really understand what a lot of people go to a Godzilla movie for. You know, it's the well, kind of I mean, like go go off of that, Peter, because I'm curious. Like, it, there's 
there's such a like aside from my Godzilla fandom, which I I would imagine some would think that creates a bias, but at the same time, it's like if I didn't like this movie, I'd certainly be the first one to say it because of how disappointed I was. Like it's like I happen to like it. That's all I can come up with. Like I can't change that, regardless of how familiar I am with Godzilla or not. But I'm not. It's not a matter of holding it against somebody if like they're not familiar with Godzilla movies. At this, it's but. I mean, I do just think in general for any movie, there's a level like a level of expectation that kind of comes with what you're wanting to see here, and I can't control the reaction to like the jokes or how wrapped up you get in the characters. But it's like, from where I'm sitting, it's like there's a good job being done with like having this kind of cast and this kind of movie putting it together. I oh, I don't I know agree. what to sp- I don't know what to speak to when it comes to kind of the the critical disregard uh, given some of the reasons that have been brought up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess, you know, and this has been something that's been on my mind a lot lately. Um, not necessarily with uh, King and the monsters, but with, I guess it's like, I don't know. It's something that we see is, I don't know if we would call it like this kind of social contract that the uh, un- unwritten social contract that the, an audience that there's, there's an audience for something. And then there's like the actual, film. I mean, I, I, and I know that Aaron and I have talked about this before. Like, I don't think anybody is watching a step up movie going, yeah, that this plot really isn't uh, this acting. It's just not doing it for me. It's just like, no, why would you bother? Now this is obviously on a way this is a much bigger budget. The acting is obviously, you know, obviously pretty solid compared to a step up movie, but it is still somewhat in the realm of like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really sure where that comes from, where it's like maybe some audience members think that all movies should be all things equally or like everything should be awesome about it. And I'm like, well, that's not really the way most movies are. I mean, every now and then, yes, you get, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark or something. But like that, I don't really know why that's such a concern. So I don't I don't get the 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 criticism of that people are saying against uh, King of the Monsters, because I feel like. It's extremely well made. Like it doesn't look cheap or anything. Like you said, like yeah, the mm-hmm. the monsters look great and stuff. And especially on a huge screen, uh, I just don't. And, and the acting isn't bad. It isn't like a step up movie. So I don't really know where. I don't know. Again, I, I guess it's just for some reason something has happened where there's like an, an expectation that every product you get, whatever it is, is going to have this weird level of quality all the time. And I'm kind of like, I don't really. I don't know. I guess that just doesn't bother me but it seems yeah it's like you go to a friday the 13th movie you're gonna get a friday the 13th movie right i mean you go to a godzilla movie what i mean you don't even have to have the past experience watching a bunch of godzilla movies to understand kind of what you you're at a at a base level you're gonna know what it's supposed to deliver on exactly right right right. and it's I, i now the thing to keep in mind is like that that I'm trying to like resolve in my mind is like, yeah, that doesn't let a movie off the hook. I can understand like there's a version of this some might expect and they're not getting that, but I'm trying to understand how they equate it to like these being the reasons why it didn't work. And I mean, yeah, we're mentioning the things that I honestly, I just do think worked. Like I, it'd be easy for me to say like, it doesn't matter about the humans because the monster stuff's what you can't do. So it's like, again, and like you said, Peter, 
I think that the actors do a good job in this movie. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, no, I, I, no one, I don't feel like anyone's phoning it in. I, I feel like everyone's, if anything, having a bunch of fun, no matter how silly it is. When you well, have it, like Sally Hawkins being like, they're everywhere. It's like, what actor wouldn't want it as like, if, they're, if they've signed up to get paid to be in a Godzilla movie, it's like, what expectation do they think that they had for this? Like, I don't, Well, like I said, Kyle Chandler coming in big, but I'm mm-hmm. enjoying that. Like, yeah. it's not like I'm like, oh gosh, but I'm like, this is giving me a like, like a a kick that I wasn't expecting from him. And it's him. not like it's new for and Kyle I... Chandler. He's been in King Kong, and he's been in um, what's the other one? Um, uh, Super Eight. Like he's been in monster yeah. movies. <laughs> like the guy likes monster movies, clearly. Yeah, like I, I yeah, it's it's funny. Like if it delivers on a core level of the Godzilla thrills and stuff, this one's delivering in spades because it's got you know beautiful thought up scenario shots uh, the monsters look great the action is cool with them they don't you know hold back i mean they're really throwing punches and stuff but um if it, it succeeds on that base it's at least like if you're scoring a three out of five to start then you move from there like it, it's succeeded enough on those basic godzilla things and even doing much better um but there will be people that they're probably that you know snotty Godzilla fans like prefers the guy in the costume or puppets and stuff uh, and tries to explain why that's better but those are different kind of people as Uh, one that's put together a Godzilla Twitter list yeah. As far as just like seeing like cool art from Godzilla movies and like hearing like kaiju fans like just like talk about things Godzilla it's it is neat to see the reactions been overwhelmingly positive yeah uh, like and I I feel like that seems right as far as like what you're getting from certainly from fans of this kind of movie like Mm -hmm. like hardcore fans of this kind of movie it's like yeah it it does have those things and i think there's a just a kind of agreed upon acceptance that yeah we're just not going to get suits in an american blockbuster like that's just not that's not the way they're going to make these kinds of movies so it's rather than poo poo that it's about embracing like what you're seeing and again if i'm going to get like a rodan that's not just like this weird little pterodactyl that kind of bounces around it's like yes i'd rather have this badass rodan that's also a dick but like it's still like just like really cool to see coming out of a volcano and like right. spinning around and like causing all kinds of havoc whether it's fighting Ghidorah a volcano or that Mothra. had like a sewer door on top of it mm-hmm. or something because they wanted to keep him away because yeah. nobody likes rodan because he's a jerk <laughs> <laughs> wait where did this whole rodan's a jerk thing go? i mean he is I, this but is that normal in, in the series he's just yes a... well like because like Ghidorah's like godzilla's like joker like he's the nemesis <laughs> of godzilla like Ghidorah's <laughs> like he's the ultimate bad guy everybody hates Ghidorah, but rodan is like a jerk Rodan's like yeah all right i'll team up with you this time godzilla but we're still gonna fight later because i hate you like it's just like it's a weird frenemy <laughs> relationship where he's like a di- and even in this movie he comes out and he's like all right time to cause some havoc i'm gonna take on these jets and i'm gonna be a jerk about it i'm not just gonna like fly up in the air i'm gonna spin in circles i'm gonna bite the head off a jet and, sp- and spit it out pair guy's gonna parachute out of his plane i'm gonna bite him right away like it's just like doing these things it was like oh don't mess with this guy he's just a real asshole <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like, at, least, at least Godzilla and Ghidorah seem, like, content on the things that they're doing. Godzilla's like, I guess I gotta take this guy out. Ghidorah's like, I control everything. Ha <laughs> ha! Rodan's like, time to have fun, causing trouble. <laughs> so, question that might be, this might be uh, a, I don't know, it's a a brand thing, but are we never gonna get Gamera? Is he not part of the, of this universe? It's not a Toho creation. Okay. Because I was... A different, there's, different studio. Yeah. There's a part, there's a part where... 
we are seeing potentially didn't they say is it 27 of these things they said 17 other kite oh, there's 17 titans titan, yeah. they call them titans there's 17 titans so we don't see all of them but there's one that it almost reminded me of that big scene in Pikachu where it's like an entire <laughs> island lifting. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Gamera. Like, but it wasn't. So I was like, oh, where's the turtle? Like, yeah, I'll, I'll speak to the Yeah, for one, yes, Gamera is from a different studio. So I, it's surprising to me that this already hasn't happened as far as crossing them over. Yes. But it, it hasn't and it probably won't. The other thing, as far as these Titans go... All of them are new, besides the you know Mothra, the ones that have character posters, um, and it's because I found this out. Toho charges for this, like it's you know it's expensive to get like Angrus or Gigan or whatever, like uh, Batra. Like they don't just like loan those out for free. So it's like okay, we got to work with what we got, and they'll just create new monsters. So it's like yeah, I... so basically they got three. I mean, yeah, they got the they got three heavy hitters: Mothra, Odan, and King Ghidorah. Are, right, they, you know, pretty the popular. Weird, right. Yeah, the sloth-looking thing. Looked, I didn't know if I'd seen that before. Yeah, they're all the other ones are just new ones, and there's like a Muto in there as well. Who, uh, owns, who owns King Kong? F- King Kong currently WB as King Kong. That's which is okay. why can, that's why they're he's, he's part of the MonsterVerse. Well, when he was was Peter Jackson, was that Universal? That was Universal at that point. Yes. Right. Okay. So I guess it, he's just gone to different studios okay yeah there's there's a lot of trivia about king kong i assure you that we're not going to get into right now but the the amount of king kong stuff that's happened in the past is quite overwhelming um but yeah well wait wait just for one second because we all know that godzilla versus kong is the next movie i did like i did like skull island but i don't remember is kong as big as godzilla is he that tall as John C. Riley explains in Skull Island, the Kong in that movie is still growing. It's an adolescent in that film, and that was in the that was set in, and that was set in the seventies. Seventy. So, so you know, I don't assume it's going to be as big as Godzilla, but he's certainly going to be bigger. Big enough to go mano a mano. Yeah, bigger. Yeah, big enough. Right. To, big enough to fight him in a dirty bathroom and monster then talk about uh, monster. Okay, so that's okay. All right. Yeah. Um, we, there's a couple things I want to talk about. The sound design, I think, is fantastic in this film. I mean, I, I did not expect that, because why wouldn't it be? But I think there's, they do a great job of giving the different monsters unique voices, if that matters. Like, no, it's a, totally, no, it, yeah, no, no. Absolutely. Like, I, I think as a Star Wars fan, I started, I think it's Ben Burt, I started noticing how interesting it is when you have people who really do their best to, like, give a laser or a monster, not just that generic lion noise that they do. Like, so yeah, no, totally. I agree that like Mothra's sound, like it's not just the color aesthetic. It's also the audio. Uh, it was really, yeah, yeah I agree. And um, Bear McCreary's score, even people that have given it bad reviews, I think acknowledge that the score is pretty terrific in this movie. <laughs> like it's so, it's so big as far as like you have chanting, you have drums, you have the, you have Akira, if Akubi's original themes playing in various points, like there's just a lot going on here that I, I mean, for a movie like this, I think is totally appropriate, but yeah, I, I really like the score for this film. No, it goes huge and takes no prisoners. Like it's like, no weird. I mean, I mean, there's, there was a time where people are, yeah, let's not go for that. But I mean, they embrace the, I feel like the legacy of the Godzilla films is embraced in that score, like big time in a modern way. Yeah. Like, it's certainly, given all the Godzilla films I've been watching for the past 
half a year. It's certainly ingrained in my mind at this point as far as his theme goes, but like hearing a new take on not just the theme, but just like this kind of movie and the score you give it in general, it's like, I am all into this right now. Like there's so much going on here to just get the, the way like you see Godzilla like react to things and then there's like heavy pounds on the drums to like overemphasize that fact. It's like, this is ridiculous and I love it. Like it's, it's really enjoyable. Yeah, in a lot of ways, is kind of go for it, you know. And the, um, it, the way Gareth Edwards' movie was a little more reserved, and this one is really kind of, you know, no holds barred. Really, and even with like like you said, the music, the um, the effects, the mm-hmm. the uh, the visual styling. This really seems like they they really went for it, and I really appreciated that about it. You know, it didn't didn't hold back. Even though we didn't get to see Baragon or Angurus or Megalon <laughs> or Gigan. I look forward to a movie that has Gigan, a monster that has razor sharp claws for hands and a and a and a, a buzzsaw in its chest. <laughs> that's my, that's don't forget, don't forget, whoa, don't forget the three pairs of fins coming out of his back. Of course, yes. I'm or, looking at my Gigan figure across the room. Or, or Megalon, <laughs> a monster that like spits bombs and like, also has like claws and stuff. <laughs> kind, of, kind of looks like a cockroach. Yeah. Any other thoughts that we can get to on uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters? Um, are you are you looking forward to the next one? I mean, yes. <laughs> oh, wait, do we know who's directing it? Is he going to direct it? it this- it's Adam Wingard who did The Guest and um, You're Next. Oh, he's great. Oh, wait, didn't he do Blair Witch? He did Blair Witch as well. Mm-hmm. Eh, that was okay. But I mean, like, but yeah, actually, I do like his. Oh, okay. That's a, I'll be, yeah, interesting. What I'm enjoying is it's taking these kind of, not necessarily lo-fi guys, but certainly guys that, you know, pretty typical. You know, you get guys that have worked on these kind of lower budget horror indie films and suddenly give them $200 million movies. But there's something, I don't know. It seems like they're. I think we've talked about this with horror directors in particular, where it's like guys that have been influenced by the stuff they've been watching from like the 70s and 80s, and now they're making movies. It feels like that's what's mm-hmm. going on with these monster movies, where there's a they have so much reference for these series that they grew up with. Not unlike Spielberg or Lucas watching old, you know, uh, serials and making Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Not that they're all that comparable as far as, I don't know, overall talent that's so obvious, but like it does seem like there's there's enough there to be like i can see somebody caring for this series and wanting to do good by it does that make sense yeah 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 but i mean they've also done good uh like in in their movies their little movies there's pretty darn good character work in a lot of those so i mean that's pushing on them to mainly have a hold of those little dramatic interludes between monster fights as well yeah all right anything else godzilla well, for Aaron, this was your biggest. This was the big movie of the summer that you were excited to see. I mean, so mm-hmm. it sounds like you really liked it. I mean, it so did pretty basically meet all your expectations. I mean, I'm I'm not blinded enough to say like, man, this movie was flawless and it's a perfect five. And you guys are like, you know, ridiculous for not saying it's the best movie ever made. Like, that's not me. I I acknowledge yes that there are clear flaws in the movie as far as like, yeah, the the, whole, the human story is ridiculous. You know, like O'Shea Jackson Jr. And some of the other like supporting cat Brad Lewitt for just kind of show up. So it's like, is there more to this? Like, are there other scenes? Because it's like they're just kind of there. They never really add much, and it'd be nice to see more of them. And you know, yeah, like I, I don't disagree that like while I wasn't distracted by visuals of the fight as far as being clarity, 
I would agree that, yeah, some more wide shots are always cool. I could just kind of also agree that, yeah, it's probably expensive to do that, so you have to pick them when you can. Um, beyond that, yes, I mean, the movie certainly lived up to an expectation that I have for a Godzilla movie, let alone one that has these monsters in it. It's like, I I don't know what else I'm supposed to ask for at that point when, you, when you're, you know, getting <laughs> CG Mothra like, fighting Rodan. Right, right. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, it's pretty much living up to, like, what kind of kaiju dream you're supposed to have with seeing these monsters in 2019. Um, so, you know, I guess, yes, there's room for like further improvement, I suppose. Like you, like you said, Brandon Kong Skull Island, I agree, is still my favorite of this series, but it's been remarkably consistent for me as far as getting entertainment value out of seeing a modern mm -hmm. take on giant monsters being made for a, a Hollywood audience. Like, I have my own, and I'm not, not unlike others, have my own issues with the kind of reverence we're paying towards old IP and throwing money at that as opposed mm -hmm. to getting new stuff. But I can only take that so far. And if you're going to give me something that I inherently like, it's like, all right, like I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go against this just on principle. It's like some of these things. Yeah. I'm going to like it. I'm going to like seeing a new Godzilla movie. Right. <laughs> well, I, I don't feel like I've seen like any, in any way, shape or form the same thing three times so far. And I don't believe the next one's really going to follow that either. So it's pretty awesome that they've, they're making the concept in such different ways, even though on the core level it's a giant thing destroying things, but they've all felt pretty different, looked different. And... Yeah, it's the, it's the Mission Impossible of monster movies. <laughs> it's it's yes. going to different directors every time out. <laughs> oh, right. does all his own yeah. stunts. Yeah, I, so, you know. same I was saying Aliens, but you're right, yeah, or Mission Impossible, different directors. Well, I mean, that, Who is Godzilla going to pair with the best? I mean, what... What uh, what director writer are they, is Godzilla working with currently that we could see taking the helm for the finishing run of the series? Let's see who, who else digs in there. Brian Singer, no, because uh, it looks like uh, Wingard's going to be our Brad Bird. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's okay. Let's let's think of it in that in those terms. So so in, in that way, what uh, Gareth Edwards was the Brian De Palma of Godzilla. Yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, Kong Skull Island is the John Woo. This is the J.J. Abrams Godzilla. That, so that's Brad Bird. So what? McQuarrie is going to come in? Yeah, the McQuarrie. <laughs> Who's going to be the McQuarrie? The, the McQuarrie, David Yates type that just picks up and carries it the longest distance. Oh, I got to think about this. What are the other? What are the other like cult favorite horror movies that get so much cred these days? <laughs> oh man, yeah. Who did It Follows? Oh, Robert. Just, Robert David was, Mitchell. I was just thinking that yeah, it follows. Then what? Jennifer Kent from the Babadook. So basically, all these all these people are gonna do Godzilla movies. That's the next um, step. That's a lot well, of Godzilla one. movies. Do you guys here? Do you do you? Jo Jordan Peele's Godzilla. Jo yeah, right? I was just gonna say Jordan <laughs> Peele. Yeah. He picks up the baton. Do you guys wish if you could go back in time that Michael Bay had done these instead of Transformers? The only the hesitation that I have doesn't come from Bay as a talent because I do think he's an auteur that can do what he wants to do even if I don't respond to it all the time. I wonder if he has a reverence for Godzilla. That'd be my concern because like the problem with the Emmerich film, be, among the reasons that it has problems is that Emmerich does not care for the franchise. His whole thing was like whatever, don't care, I'm gonna scrap it and do my own thing, and it shows. Um, <laughs> so it's like. Does everyone else not like the, you know, I haven't not seen that in forever. And I told Aaron, I was like, maybe I'll rewatch yeah. that. And you're like, don't waste your time. Like, I remember the giant hype around it too. I mean, all the promotional tie-ins. I remember being in Manhattan near when the, uh, the movie was about to come out and it said, you know, it's this tall, the giant, you know, like painting on the side of buildings. 
um, you know, scale of how big Godzilla would be if you were, you know, standing on that building or whatever. And uh, the hype around it, the intensity, I'm just like, oh, man, this is going to be terrible. It's got to be terrible. Because that's sure when enough. you only had one, like, <laughs> one to two summer movies to really get that hype. Now it's... <laughs> right, exactly. Well, I guess, gotta... I mean, the pinnacle of this would be Peter Jackson's Godzilla. Like, that'd be the the mm. proper ring, ring around to get this here. No, I'm thinking Wes Anderson's Godzilla. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. <laughs> All right. Bill Murray is an aging Godzilla, you know. We got yeah. a taste of what he could do with Isle of Dogs. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Aaron, do you ever wish that Spielberg had done one, or do you feel like the Gareth Edwards is close enough? Spielberg, we got War of the Worlds. Oh, War of the Worlds, and we have his Jurassic Park. I mean, yeah. which is well, not, I love Jurassic. Yeah, Jurassic. it's not the same, but I mean, it's certainly like it comes from an admiration he does have for Godzilla movies. I just when you get when you start naming me like prestige names like this, it's just like. I don't really care, honestly. It's like I don't. I, I I'd rather see something more scrappy, honestly, than seeing like a prestige director either disappoint me with their vision of this thing or go like a whole different route. Like that's that's neat, and it probably works in its own way. But it's like, I mean, the weird the weird line in this is Guillermo del Toro because he's done both. <laughs> like he's 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 done both his monsters giant monster movie, and he's done these you know prestige you know, war dramas and what sure. have you that, and, and Shape of Water, which got him a Best Director picture. It's like, well, he can do it, it seems. And like, Spiel, yeah, Spielberg, I mean, he did Ready Player One last year, which I was really happy about, mainly because it's just like, he seemed like a director who was watching everyone else do their spectacle things, like, all right, let me do one of these two and show you how it's done. And sure enough, the action's pretty terrific in Ready Player One. Sure. Uh, so it's, I mean, I don't doubt that he could do it. It's just like, I know he can, and that's not interesting to me. So let me see what else he can do. That's fair. That makes, sense. that makes sense. Yeah, totally does. We're all over the place. Let's move on. <laughs> what? When should people go and see Godzilla: King of the Monsters? Oh, Peter, see, it's possible on IMAX. Yeah, uh, Jim. Those are. I agree. The biggest uh, screen you can find um, IMAX. Uh, I saw it on XD. Um, yeah, definitely as big a screen as you can find as, as soon as you can. Brandon, I mean this type of movie, regardless of whether we said you know it's okay it's good your best shot at enjoying a movie like this is to be on the largest screen possible so regardless of what thoughts are if you want to give this movie its best shot you got to go imax dolby atmos whatever the best sound and picture quality largest screen you can you can do that's the best shot this have because it's all about scale this is a big thing this is where the theater can deliver better than at home easily because you're watching you want this to feel giant so whether it's a terribly reviewed film or a big reviewed film if you're curious you need to see it give it its best chance so i i don't disagree yeah i would see it on the biggest screen possible because both because i like it and because yes just the the seeing this that way is a benefit that said i totally look forward to it destroying my sound system when i get it on blu-ray yeah. <laughs> so yeah mm-hmm. i've seen it twice so far by the way i was happy to see it at the premiere of my lovely nice. girlfriend and then i saw it again with my dad on an, on a giant IMAX screen, so it's like, yeah, this is just working for me. So can't get enough of this Godzilla. Uh, but I, I, if there's a third time, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, unless Dark Phoenix is that good, I need to see that multiple times. We'll see what happens. But um, all right, let's move on. Let's uh, let's get to our uh, what time is it? Let's do, let's get to our game.
that's the theme for games. <laughs> um, let's let's get into it. This game is called Mean Mr. Monster, and uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the various subtitles or pre-titles off of a number of monster movies, and you have to guess what monster I'm referring to. So I'm going to, for example, here's one for example, I'm going to say Revenge, Horror of the Deep, 2000, Raids Again, Planet of the Monsters, Final Wars. Well, it's Godzilla. They're all Godzilla titles. I'm reading the subtitles off of the various Godzilla movies. So there's Godzilla Raids Again, Godzilla 2000, Godzilla Horror of the Deep, Godzilla Planet of the Monsters. I'm going to read various titles from different movies, um, which all relate to one monster, and you have to guess what that monster is. Got it. Make sense? Okay. Yeah. If you think you know it, buzz in with your name and give me the answer. Here we go. Here's the first one. Lives, escapes, the mighty... Jim. Or Peter. Jim. Jim. Sorry. Uh, the King Kong. King Kong, yes. Ah. I had Son of and Versus Godzilla as well. Mighty P. King, man. <laughs> Here's the next one. Z. Three. Resurrection. Covenant. Brandon. Brandon. Alien. Be more specific. What's the monster? Oh, Xenomorph. A Xenomorph is a great Oh, monster. okay. Yeah. Going for the monster. Here's the next one. Offspring. Trail of Blood. Hunt of the Blood Orchid. Lake Placid versus. Brandon. Brandon. Crocodile. Incorrect. Oh, ah. Here. Peter? Alligator? Incorrect. Mm. I don't know. Is it not? I'm going to sit this one out. No, oh. guess. no guess, Jim? No guess. I'm sorry. The answer was Anaconda. That's right. Because we were going, when I hit Lake Placid, I was like, oh, yeah, wait, no. You meant versus Lake Placid. So. Uh, called, oh. The movie's called Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Gotcha. <laughs> Here's the next one. Ascension, Legacy, Batman Fights, Dracula. Oh, Jim. Jim. Yep. Dracula. It is Dracula, yes. Was Untold one of those? Untold was in there at the end and dead and loving it. What, Um, 1970 AD? Didn't make the cut? I didn't get that one in there. I had Billy the Kid versus, because that's fun. (laughs) uh, Oh, yeah. Reborn, yeah. All right, here's the next one. To the Requiem. Brandon. Alien. Yeah, Brandon. Predator. Predator is the correct answer. Alien versus was the last one. Here's the next one. Ghost. Curse. Returns. Shroud. Jim. Jim. Mummy. The Mummy is correct. Mummy. I also had the mummy's tomb, the mummy's hand, and the mummy tomb of the dragon emperor, of course. My favorite. Of course. Here's the next one. Two, the revenge, 3D. Brandon. Shark. Brandon. What'd you say? A shark. Yes, a shark from Jaws. (laughs) Here's the next one. Got three more. Some of these get fun. (laughs) Some of these last ones. (laughs) Face of the Screaming. Of London, of Washington, teen, Jim, 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 werewolf. The werewolf is the correct answer. The wolf. 
I also had Cry of the Werewolf, Curse of the Werewolf, and The Boy Who Cried Werewolf. Here's the next one. Three, Fallen Kingdom. Peter. Lost World. Yep, Peter. Well, uh, so dinosaurs. Yes, dinosaurs. Jurassic Park. And here's the last one. House of, Ghost of. Brandon. Curse of, yeah, Brandon. Frankenstein's Monster. Frankenstein's Monster is correct, yes. It's also Revenge of, Evil of Frankenstein, Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell, Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed, and of course Frankenstein Conquers the World. Didn't want to include 1970 in there. The years ones I knew you guys would get because they're hammers. <laughs> like, I, it's like, you have those, like, right away. <laughs> Frankenstein Conquered the World, of course, being a Toho production. Um, Andy Warhol's. Andy Warhol's. Oh, yes. Andy Warhol's yeah, that's right. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me count these up here. It looks pretty close. Let me see. Well, not for me. No, not for you. You failed. I got but let me see everybody else. Yes. <laughs> oh, it is tied. All right. I got to get a tiebreaker going here. Let's Uh-oh. see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me do a quick. All right. Here we go. What? what okay. Here's a question. This is, this is for Brandon and Jim. It is going to be a. Uh-huh. A box office prediction or box office oh, guess. Oh no, no! What do you think was the worldwide box office total for 1998's Godzilla? Worldwide? Yeah, worldwide. Total. Total. Two twenty mil. Two twenty. That's for Jim. Brandon, what do you think? Two sixty-five. Well, you went over, which was the right guess. It was three seventy-nine. Oh yeah, I, me going over was over Jim. I was speaking specifically to you. Yes, oh, three seventy. Okay. It was three seventy nine. Domestic one thirty six. Four and two forty two. Like it made money. It just everyone hated it. It's like it's like Planet <laughs> of the Apes. It's like Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes, where everybody hated the movie. It, it still yeah. made money, but everyone just universally didn't like it. <laughs> and people who don't know much about cinema call it a bomb. Yeah, uh, it was a bomb in its own way. But Brandon, that makes you the winner of this week's games. So congratulations. Yay. Congratulations. GG. Cool. GG. Cool. cool. I look forward to the prize pack. That's, a, that's right. <laughs> All right. Let's the, move on. Get the, get the home version. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've won a free digital rental uh, rental of Roland Emmerich's Godzilla. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's get to some out now feedback. Feedback, feedback. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash on the podcast. I asked a number of questions to the listeners, and they gave us some answers. Feel free to chime in, you guys, if you want to. Here we go. Let's see, what giant monster, movie monster character is your favorite? Mike writes, without question, Godzilla. Justin writes, King Kong. And Todd writes, Mothra. What are your favorite giant movie monsters? King Kong. I'm a King Kong fan. Yeah. I like I like, I like Godzilla and King Kong. King Kong, though, like two of my favorite movies are two of the King Kong movies, so... I like Godzilla. I like a lot of those uh, 50s atomic experiment gone wrong, uh, process shot uh, monsters, you know, like the giant ants in them, or the giant tarantula in Tarantula, or the giant locusts in uh, the beginning of the end. Um, I just watched a Tarantula a couple weeks ago. That movie's fun, but it also it's very well like done as far as the kind of the photo yeah. effects that they're or like the like I guess mapping they're doing to kind of get big things into frame with regular people. Like there's yeah, some good it, stuff there. Isn't Leo G. Carroll in that? I haven't seen that in, in, in a year, in a minute or two. Wait, yes. are we saying giant monster or just monster? Giant monster, yeah. Because I was gonna say Totoro, but I guess he's not really giant. Um, he's bigger than normal. I, I, uh, then I get, yeah, I'd probably go with King. I mean, I love Godzilla too, but I, yeah, I guess I would go King Kong. 
I like Cloverfield. That's a movie I like. So does that one count? It's a big good. The Clover yeah. monster. That's pretty big. I've yeah. said before, I regard Cloverfield as a modern mm. classic. Yeah. I honestly do. I think it's very good for what it's doing. As far as a, a kaiju movie of the modern era, I think it's it's quite good. I was asking you, Brandon, if Leo G. Carroll was in Tarantula, and I found out, yes, it is mm. Leo G. Carroll in the mm-hmm. Tarantula. Young Clint Eastwood in that movie, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yep. That and right. Revenge of the Creature, too. Uh, Clint Eastwood staples. Mm-hmm. Next question we have here. Do you have a favorite Godzilla movie? Sarah writes, I like the original 54. Philip has Honda's original. Uh, Chris has really enjoyed Shin Godzilla. Chris writes Godzilla with Brian Cranston and Aaron Taylor Johnson. And Mike has I love all the Mecha Godzilla movies and the last two U.S. films. Are there any Godzilla films that stand out for you guys? I do really like that, that 54 one is pretty great. But mm-hmm. I, I like the 2014, too. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'll go with the original. I'd have to say uh, Destroy All Monsters, because that's kind of like the Avengers of the kaiju movies at that point. Mm-hmm. It has all the monsters in one movie. Uh, let's see. Uh, Godzilla versus Megalon, because you get Jet Jaguar in there, which is like <laughs> Toho's failed attempt at trying to cash in on Ultraman and stuff. Um, really like that a lot. Godzilla 2000 is a, is a personal favorite. Especially the one character with the trench coat and the cigarette everywhere he goes. Pretty hilarious. I like Shin Godzilla because it went back to the old Toho um, tradition of having uh, half of your movie being committee meetings talking about giant monsters <laughs> as they destroy your city. Um, yeah, and of course the original uh, you know, with Raymond Burr. Probably his second best movie after Rear Window. <laughs> <laughs> So I um I I really want to be able to do a ranking eventually once I rewatch all of the show era movies, but like offhand when I say like my favorite Godzilla movies, I tend to say Godzilla versus Biollante from nineteen eighty nine where he fights a giant plant monster that's like a riff from Audrey two from Little Shop of Horrors. Sure, so it's like it's somewhere between that destroy all monsters and Shin Godzilla because I think that movie is absolutely terrific as far as being like. Godzilla with political satire. <laughs> so, oh yeah. But I mean, there's a lot to like in a lot of these movies, if, especially if you're kind of attuned to the style that they're going for. Brandon, do you have any favorites offhand you want to shout out? I mean, the one I've seen the most is the, the original. Um, so I, I guess I'd have to be boring. So, but I think I've made it clear that the uh, the Rolling Emmerich one is a masterpiece for all ages. <laughs> oh, go through. Oh. I just love those little Godzillas. They're so cute. All right. Next question. What's the most epic Godzilla face-off you can think of? My thought here, I, I feel like I made this question too confusing. My thought was, like, if you could think of Godzilla versus blank, what would you put in that blank? But uh, Mike wrote, Battles of Monster Zero, Mechagodzilla, and Biollante are my favorites. But what are, what are some epic Godzilla face-offs you can think of? Godzilla versus Evangelion. Which is a ride in, <laughs> in Universal Studios Japan, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. It, no it's, like a, it's a show or it's something. Like, it exists. Like, that's a thing. Wow. I know, right? So like I just wished it into existence. <laughs> be cool to see him take on a Jaeger from Pacific Rim. Warner Brothers. Cool. <laughs> um, you know, as a kid, I remember, I remember liking Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla, but I mean, or the Smog Monster. I thought that was a pretty, oh yeah, that I was a rough. pretty crazy psychedelic like type of it's thing. a very funky movie like, yeah it's very 70s like the score is very 70s the look of it's very 70s the like it 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 is i'll 
let me delve into a little trivia on you on this one. The, the, that movie is, is, was directed by Yoshimitsu Bano. He was fired from Toho after that movie. Toho didn't like it. Um, it's gained a cult following like most Godzilla movies have, and it's Roger Ebert's claim to have been his favorite Godzilla movie. Yo, Yoshimitsu Bano did not stop there. He always wanted to keep making Godzilla movies. He even wanted to make a short IMAX 3D movie called Godzilla 3D to the Max, which mm-hmm. sounded amazing to me. Didn't work out, but he did get the rights to Legendary, which is why we have these Godzilla movies currently. Um, so he's he's an executive producer on these legend, these MonsterVerse movies. He died two years ago, but at the end of the credits for this one, he's he and the original Godzilla suit actor Haro and Nakajima, they're both given dedications. So it's like cool, good for good for Smog Monster director. <laughs> he made it to the top. All right, I love the uh, Smog Monster looking just like a bunch of melted vinyl records. Yeah. <laughs> with, uh, yeah. With with eyes. Like, okay, there's our monster this uh, this movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Some more questions here related to the other films of the week. What's your favorite Elton John song? Mike writes, I guess that's why they call it the blues. Sad song says so much, a close second. Uh, Justin writes, I'm still standing. Cindy has a tie, Madman Across the Water, and Funeral for a Friend, slash Loves Lies Bleeding. Uh, Christopher has Blue Eyes. Philip has Your Song. And Sarah has Levon. I mean, mine. Yeah, I mean, I know it's a cliche, but Tiny Dancer and then Yellow Brick Road. I, I just heard. I, I just heard today running around the truck. Uh, burned down the mission. Yeah, Brandon. Any? Mm-hmm. I'm there. I mean, Peter named what I was gonna <laughs> have said. So, um, yeah, Circle of Life, yo. I, I Circle of Yeah, Circle of Life. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, Mona Lisa's and Manhattan's. I like that one. I can throw that one in there. I like that one a lot. I like Rocket Man quite a bit, honestly. I really like that song. Oh, I do like Rocket. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's got a lot of great songs. I yeah. mean, like, yeah. I again, I'm not too deep on Elton John's like music, so it's like I I know like a lot of the singles, and there's like some other random ones. Where I'm like, oh, that's an Elton John song, cool. Uh, but I, I like Rocket Man. Let's see. Next question: Who's a musician or band you really enjoy for their music and elaborate costumes? Uh, Mike writes Ghost, my favorite band. Alan has Alan Aguilar, friend of the show, has of Montreal. Scott has the B-52s, and Stephen writes Deathlock from a Metalocalypse. Metalocalypse, who is on that Godzilla track with Serge Tankin from System of a Down that ends the credits for this movie. The oh, movie are they? Cover. Yeah, cool. Deathlock's a part of the music, the, the cool. Brendan Small, I guess, is a part of the, the musical arrangement that makes up that uh, that uh, that song. Any other musicians known for their elaborate costumes? Mm. I mean, Queen, obviously, mm-hmm. but... um. Seems like Prince was pretty hip on this. Oh, Prince, Prince. yeah. Yeah. Kiss. The, uh, the... Oh, Kiss dress-ups for their songs? Well, but, I mean, their whole thing is kind of dressed... I'm kidding. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just calm down. Yeah, I mean, like, the, uh... David, David Bowie, of course. Yeah. Yeah. The, but isn't, uh... isn't Guar, it's like a whole outfit, right? It's like, a, I mean... Oh, right. What about Max Sabbath? You guys know them? They are dressed as McDonaldland characters, and they do Black Sabbath covers. Oh, that sounds oh. like a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. There's been... someone like there's someone dressed as a grimace on stage. No thanks. Yes. Well, they're touring with Oakley Doakley, which are the all Ned Flanders uh, metal that's band. Even, I've seen them. That's even more terrifying. <laughs> the, um, I think, I think in the early 2000s, Kraftwerk went on a tour where the stage was actually just robots, were just avatars of them, or something like. That's what I had heard, and I was like, that's hilarious. Well, I like gorillas as a you yeah. know a virtual band. <laughs> right. <laughs> gorillas. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, last question. Name some films you enjoy featuring Oscar winner slash prestige actors taking a villainous turn. Richard has Jack Nicholson in The Shining. 
He had one best actor for one of my favorite flicks, One Flew Over the Cougar. You know, spoilers! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Philip has Bruno Gans and Downfall. Jeffrey has Marathon Man. Christopher has The Fate of the Furious with Charlie Theron. The Kingsman Golden Circle with Julianne Moore and Elton John. And Skyfall with Javier Bardem. Uh, Scott has Henry Fonda and Once Upon a Time in the West. Christopher has Sexy Beast with, I presume, Ben Kingsley. And John has Collateral, which I assume, again, is Oscar winner Jamie Foxx and uh, Tom Cruise. See, I would have said, yeah, Tom Cruise and Collateral or Tom Cruise and Interview with the Vampire. It's like campy villain and, I guess, noirish crime villain. But, yeah. I'm trying to think of anyone that weren't named. I think the Henry Fonda one's one that comes up, like, a lot. Yeah, that's the one that I thought of immediately, too, because it's so against type. Yeah, it's the epitome of against mm-hmm. type, it seems. Yeah. Right. I, ironically, I would think if, if you had an if you had a uh, an, an an opposite of this question, I would say Ben Mendelsohn in Captain Marvel, which was oh, as far as <laughs> yeah. bad guys, so normally cool. bad characters playing. Yeah, was, I was like, oh, he's not the bad. Like this isn't what we thought he was. Like, which was cool. Oh, speaking of um, like typically greasy characters, Ben Mendelsohn I <laughs> see is one of them. Uh, let's see for for the dead don't die. Caleb Landry Jones report. Um, <laughs> as, um <laughs> he keeps his shirt on and he's not greasy so he's more three billboards caleb landry jones as opposed to uh was it american made caleb landry jones <laughs> that's been the caleb landry jones report <laughs> i want to throw that one out there uh all right that was feedback 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 let's move the on ginger now. audience thanks you yeah <laughs> Let's uh, do a little out now presents what's out now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, 4K, streaming, and all that. Uh, let's see. First up, uh, new home releases this week. We have a Medea family funeral. I have yep. no, I have no comment. <laughs> I've never seen. Yeah, I've no... feel, feel free to give a yay or nay to any of these. Let's see. The kid. This is the western directed by Vincent D'Onofrio, which I did not see, but I've heard good things. I was sent it without requesting it, so I will not be reviewing it the end well there you go yeah i think i saw i think i saw the trailer but that was it yeah uh, let's see gloria bell this is the one with uh, julianne moore it's a remake of a, uh, gloria Ch- of gloria it's i'm trying to think if it was chilean i think it's chilean or maybe it's argentinian it's as nice uh let's see the man who killed don quixote hits blu-ray this week yeah i really liked that a lot i was a fan as well i hope more people get to see it Let's see. Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's right. Finally. I hear the fight between Batman and Shredder is lit, kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. A Star is Born special encore edition. The uh, We thought this was going to win a lot more than it did. I already had this planned. Here's the, here it is release. I su- yep, I suppose. <laughs> Although Warner Brothers tends to do that with so like they're doing that with Ben Affleck with his like with with Argo and the town they got well, Argo, Argo did win uh, Argo did win the town, the town didn't though and it still got like a big fancy special edition case and that was things. like the like a, a like a, a cool quote unquote movie though that I, I just don't see it's, it's not like a Star Wars didn't make money it wasn't well liked <laughs> well no I, I just don't see that as something people are gonna the, the people who love Star Wars are gonna double dip on but prove me wrong it's fine right yeah it's, it's a <laughs> It did well. Uh, anyway, TV stuff. Let's see. The Venture Brothers, Season 7. Uh, yeah, go Team Venture. Um, let's see. The Flash, Season 5. Flash fans. Lost in Space, Season 1. I guess if you don't have Netflix and you're desperately wanting to see the new Lost in Space. 
Jack Ryan season one. If you don't have Prime and you need to see Jack Ryan, did anyone watch the Jack Ryan show? Like, I did. In my queue. What did you? I did. It's Is nice. Any good? It's okay. I mean, it's it's very. Um, it's kind of like if Twenty Four was a uh, procedural ish Homeland. It's very. It's close to Homeland. It's kind of like that, but light, like a Homeland light. All right. So it's better than Shadow Recruit. Uh, yeah. Most things are. It's okay. We don't have to go over it. Um, let's see. On Shout Factory, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers colon the movie. That's a fun one. On Arrow, the Andromeda Strain. And from Flickr Alley, the man who laughs. There you go. Lots of lots of old specialty releases. Let's see. And lastly, on 4K, we have the Natural 4K, the Toy Story trilogy 4K, and Batman 4K, which Brandon you already talked about earlier. Buy those. Let's see. New to streaming this week. A number of things here on Netflix. First up, Always Be My Maybe. There's a new rom-com with uh, Ali Wong and um, Randall Park and Keanu Reeves. I haven't checked this one out yet. I'm waiting to watch this. With, with... Oh, but. By the way, The Flash is August 27th. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, well, someone got it wrong. Uh, yeah. It's my se- fault. No, Aaron, it's since, Aaron, since you're the uh, the release date guy, is there no 4K Citizen Kane yet? Not yet. No. I mean, How have they time. not done that? Like, Wait, so when it hits a, a milestone anniversary, it'll be there. Yeah. Was that forty one? So twenty twenty one. They'll get it then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait for it. Yeah. Um, well, I was saying, always be my maybe. New rom com out. I haven't watched it yet. I want to. I'm waiting to watch it with Anna. Uh, anyone watch this one? I know it's got a lot of good reviews so far. No, Peter. No. No, no. I heard it's good. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah I haven't right. seen it either. All right. On Netflix, also on Netflix, uh, when they see us. This is the miniseries I already talked about. Uh, let's see. New episodes of my next guest needs an introduction. That's the David Letterman talk show series. Um, I've watched the first couple, uh, one with Kanye West. Really good interview. Um, but yeah, I, I like this. I like David Letterman being like, I can just interview people for as long as I want and have a really interesting conversation. Uh, but yeah, that's a uh, new episodes now. Documentary Now season three. I know a lot of people are fans of that show. The uh, Bill Hader, uh, Fred Armisen. The best. Yeah. the best. The best. That shows the best. And uh, Black Mirror season five kicks off later this week. So, uh, James oh, cool. Yeah. They're back to a low episode count. Oh, good to know. I still, I've only watched one of season four. I think I never like finished it, mainly because it's so depressing. <laughs> so I'm like, I just like, I don't have time for this. Sometimes. Uh, let's see. On Prime, Good Omens season one. This is the Neil Gaiman adaptation featuring um, Michael Sheen and. Which doctor is it? David Tennant. David, David Tennant, thank you. Number yeah, 10. I, I just started watching this, actually. Uh, I watched the first episode of the first, uh, because it's only the one season of six episodes, but I watched the first episode already. What's the premise of this? Is it like two angels that are? No, something? it's basically heaven and hell want to start Armageddon, and there's an angel and a devil on Earth who, who like Earth. They like you know, wine and books and <laughs> they want everything to keep continuing as it is. So they kind of uh, embark on a plan to uh, forestall or stop Armageddon. All right. And uh, it's written by Neil Gaiman, as you said. Francis McDormand is the voice of God. Uh, and there's a lot of pop-ups from a lot of uh, character, British character actors that uh, you will definitely recognize. And uh, John Hamm is in it as well. Oh, John Hamm. Mm. All right. 
All right. Well, that's what's out now. Uh, next week, we'll be talking Dark Phoenix, the concluding question mark chapter of the X-Men series for Fox. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there needs yeah, to be a uh, question mark. One. Oh, wait. Don't There's we have... new mutants. Yeah, new Unless mutants. Unless it gets moves again. We still got that coming. Is it, though? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it's getting reshoots and will come out next April, I believe. But uh, I'll be be curious how Disney folds that one in by the time we're like a year out from, from this X-Men movie that's already been delayed so much. Uh, but yeah, Dark Phoenix will be talked about next week, assuming that it doesn't get pushed at the last minute. And the last thing we do here, what should people go and see now and what do you plan to see next? Well, let's start with Brandon. What should people see in theaters right now? Uh, if you want a big movie, go to see this King Kong one. Um, I still need to get to, I've had busy a couple weeks, but I still need to get to Booksmart for that latest theater. So I, get, I hear a lot of good things, so people go see that. You said uh, King Kong. I assume you I'm King sorry, Kong. Godzilla. Sorry, sorry, pick your favorites here. But Godzilla, yes. Go If you want something big um, that you're, you know, you know, getting your money was worth out of that uh, large screen format experience and sound quality, go see Godzilla. Uh, Jim Dietz, what should people uh, go and see in theaters right now? Uh, well, you know what? Switch over to Netflix instead. Watch the Bash Brothers experience. <laughs> oh, is that? Uh, the the uh, Lonely Island have done a, uh, uh, I guess, a, a rap opera, I guess you call it. <laughs> it's about, uh, it's a little longer, it's longer than a music video, but it's like the story of Jose Canseco and uh, Mark McGuire back when they were doing steroids and playing for the Oakland A's in the 80s and it's uh, pretty hilarious um the amazing thing of that is they got the oakland a's and major league baseball to sign off on all of that right <laughs> right and you know i am like the least sports inclined guy in the world but i thought it was hilarious um so go watch that what are you yeah. next jim uh probably bathtubs over broadway i heard it was good the uh, documentary about the guy who uh was a writer for David Letterman. He collected like trade show uh, albums, you know, music, uh, you know, songs about washers and refrigerators and stuff. And uh, so, documentary just hit on Netflix. So I was, it looks really interesting. All right, cool. Peter, what do people see in theaters right now? I, I mean, honestly, yeah, it really depends on what you want to, what kind of mood you're in. If you want to see IMAX hugeness, I would absolutely see Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I also really loved Booksmart. Booksmart's one of my favorite movies of the year, and um, that is obviously a very different kind of movie. But I, you know, if you can find it, because I heard it's only like twenty five hundred screens. It's not like four thousand screens. Because I know I have a friend in Dallas who she really wanted to see it, and it was hard for her to find a theater. Um, but I really like that a lot. So those are the, my two. And I'm my next movie's Dark Phoenix. Yeah, Godzilla. Uh, I do think Rocket Man is worthwhile. Booksmart's quite good as well, and yeah, Dark Phoenix is what I'm seeing. Actually, I'm seeing that, and I'm seeing The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, that's coming this week. Oh, that's supposed to be great. Yeah, it's supposed to be great. Well, yeah. would you recommend people see Rocket Man or Ma? Or are you just saying it really just depends what you want? Well, it, I mean, always depends what you're looking for. But I mean, I if if you're going just by like score, I liked Rocket Man more than I liked Ma. <laughs> but I mean, it's not. There are two different things, also. Um, I think you got a real solid variety right now in terms of uh, commercial box office stuff yeah. to see. Like, because I mean, there's also John Wick Chapter Three, yeah. which is oh, awesome. I love John Wick. Yeah, right. so yeah, I've just like, been saying that for multiple weeks, so I don't want to keep yeah. saying. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, movie, that movie's badass. So I mean, like, but I mean, there is so much variety 
like between like you know, we got a superhero movie out still you got that horror movie with uh, something original horror it didn't feel like stuff that's like oh another one of these right now it feels like there's a bunch of like unique things going on within mm-hmm. different genres all right all right very true well, with all that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode about Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. All my written movie reviews are over there. I also have plenty of Godzilla-related articles at We Live Entertainment, as well as First Showing, and uh, on Why So Blue. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Brandon Peters, where can people find more of you? Uh, you can find, you know, I've got my Batman uh, reviews, which I really like doing, um, over at whysoblue.com, where you can also get my other reviews on things. Um and uh, of course, Colts and McCavalcade is Colts and And you can find me in person at uh, PopCon Indy uh, this coming weekend. Uh, we'll be there doing a live show and have a booth where you can come and say hi. And it's also the uh, notable, it's the first convention appearance for Justin Roiland, the creator of Rick and Morty. So that's cool. pretty exciting. So cool. Uh, some season four stuff there. Peter Paris, where can people find you? Uh, I haven't been writing. I I actually do uh, want to get get onto maybe Why So Blue. Um, although mine would be more like video games and stuff. But I'm always I'm always giving my opinion at uh, Twitter or Instagram at uh, Pajamo uh, Pajamas with an O. I I have been trying to make this work as far as getting <laughs> you to get some stuff out. <laughs> Absolutely have. It's more my new job syndrome, which is you know over a year now, and I was just, I'm just like getting my job stabilized and all that stuff. But I do want to get back to writing. Cool, cool. Jim Dietz, where can people find more of you? Uh, on magicgaming.com, we have a weekly uh, D&D podcast. We drop every week there. Next week, we'll be starting up again at hhwlod.com with the um, Walking Dead TV podcast as we cover Fear of the Walking Dead, which is returning on June 2nd. And uh, also over at the Taylor Network of Podcasts.com, you can check our weekly podcast covering TV and movie news uh, called Nothing's On. Uh, you go, as I mentioned, taylornetworkofpodcast.com and find that there. All right. You can find all the other episodes about Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. Feel free to email us any thoughts you might have had on this week's episode or submit your entries for our contest, your favorite Godzilla villain and why, over at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Do the same and follow us over on Facebook and Twitter at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast and twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And, of course, send plenty of scary clown gifts or kaiju gifts over at over to Abe's particularly, but over to him over at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. All of that out of the way. Brandon, Jim, Peter, thank you all for joining me this evening to talk Godzilla and more. Hey, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yes, well, thanks to you guys. Thanks to the listeners for listening. And until next time when we see just how far these X-Men go into space, that's going to do it. So until then, so long and goodbye.
trailer for Godzilla. It's a Jimmy O move right there. Yeah, I know. I'm not overdoing it, though. No, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> won't be talking, and you press it in the middle of them. Yeah. I'm picking my moments. <laughs> Just like a proper Godzilla movie. <laughs> Last night, I watched Pacific Rim again. Um because I like having fun in my life, and Anna was six. I'm like, I'll just need to put something on that I can kind of have in the background. But it was fun. But then I'm like, well, I'm not completely tired. I should probably watch something for like 15 minutes. So I turned on Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah, just because I wanted to see Godzilla blast Ghidorah's middle head off at one point. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, that's what I did. <laughs> now, is that the one Is that the one that was originally released as Godzilla vs. Monster Zero? No, that's Astro... That's, um... That's that's Astro Monster. That's that's the the oh, okay. 60, 64 one. No, this was the nine. This was, the heist, this was heist. This was Heisei era. So it's the nine. It's nineteen ninety one oh, okay. or two. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's the it's the one that has time travel and a Terminator and aliens. No, it doesn't have aliens. They're pretending to be aliens. They're actually time travelers. <laughs> it's it's insane. It's an insane movie. Sounds good. But it does have a part where Godzilla's like fighting Ghidorah and he blasts his middle head off and it's like awesome. Then he tries to fly away and he blasts his wings so Ghidorah falls in the, the ocean. It's like, all right, Godzilla won. <laughs> and then they bring it back as Mecha King Ghidorah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Oh. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was so Sold. impressed by... Um, I was so impressed by Godzilla versus Monster Zero, the original, mm-hmm. because um, Nick Adams... Yeah. He's the only American actor in the whole cast. Mm-hmm. And, and like everyone else's voice is dubbed but his. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you watched it, it, I mean, like he's speak, he's doing all his lines in English. They're doing all theirs in Japanese and then we're dubbed later. It's impressive how well, because he's partnered with a Japanese actor the whole time. And right. they have good chemistry. <laughs> yeah. They really work yeah, well. Yeah, they do. So, like, credit to Nick Adams. God rest his soul, he died at 36, very young. Uh, but it's like, wow, well, he did a good job in this movie. Yeah, so that was a part of Godzilla-thon uh, last week with, that Ann and I went to. And yeah, it, it had, they played that one. And it was a lot of fun because Nick Adams has like a very New York accent. Like he's very much playing that up. Where like right. every, every 10 seconds, like, yeah, we're going to get that Godzilla. Then we're going to go get a bagel over a ninth. Like it's just like this whole attitude he seems to bring to this. Right, take him to the Carnegie Deli and turn him into pastrami. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was I was always amazed by that one as a kid watching it. Like, he's not dubbed. Wow. Yeah. Plus, there was a great that great um, everything on our planet has a designation of a number. Mm-hmm. We have designated the monster zero. <laughs> it's a good one. That one climbed my charts as far as how much I like that one a lot. Like, I, yeah, yeah, it's super cheesy fun. Like I used to I used to think like Ghidorah the three headed monster, which is the one before. I thought that was the better one. And like, no, this one's great. This one has a lot yeah. going into. It. Anyway, let's uh, let's get to our uh, what time is it? Let's do, let's get to our game. I'm pressing the buttons and the sound is not happening. Where's your xylophone? Xylophone. Give me a second. Give me two seconds. <laughs> 